Before we get into this week's episode, we'd like to talk to you for a moment about Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is creepy great. Creepy Crate was kind enough to send us over a crate of goodies. Our crate was kind of early 2000s themed, and there was a bunch of collectibles that any horror fan would love. Absolutely. There was a phone charm for the strangers, and also a Captain Spaulding tote from House of a Thousand Corpses that I started using to carry around all my pod mortem gear. Also included was an Umbrella Corp wristband, a grudge sticker, and a Ginger Snaps iron-on patch that I'll be putting on my vest as well. My cut of the loot was a copy of Nantucket Penny by Stephen Axelrod and an ebook download for Lingo by Jim Menick. But my favorite thing in the whole crate was a pint glass that's signs themed. It says swing away and then it has the crop circle symbols around it. Hmm. Yeah. I bet it could hold a lot of water, huh? It needs to. They don't like water. I've heard. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> But there was truly something for everyone, and you can get something for yourself, too. Creepy Crate was kind enough to give us a discount code to share with our listeners. You can use discount code MORTEM5 for $5 off your first purchase. That code, again, is MORTEM5 for $5 off of your first purchase. One more time, that code is MORTEM5 for $5 off your first purchase. We want to thank Creepy Crate one more time for sending us over that crate of goodies. And now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from our childhood home discussing the 2003 South Korean psychological horror film, A Tale of Two Sisters. This film was written and directed by Kim Ji-woon. Inspired by the Korean folktale, Jangwa Hungry on Jion, this film departs from the tale with its own drama and shocking plot points. A Tale of Two Sisters does not shy away from horror and tragedy, its boldness earning it Best Picture at the Fantasporto Film Festival in 2004 and the recognition of being the first South Korean film to be shown in American cinemas. Meticulous and calculated attention to detail, down to set design, color, costume, and shot composition, combined with multiple twists, make A Tale of Two Sisters a film to remember. This film was requested to us by friends of the show, Chris Ontiveros, Michael Newding, Brittany Ramatar, Andy Terrell, Noreen S., Sidem, Jasmine, and Blaine Hancock. We want to thank all of them for their support as well as for this suggestion. So, what did you guys think of A Tale of Two Sisters the first time you saw it? I know you showed me this movie. Uh, I remember we watched it, but I didn't remember a lot of it because we only watched it the once. Yeah. Uh, watching it for the show, I did start to remember bits and pieces of it. Um, this movie's crazy. Yeah. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, almost too sad for me. Um, <laughs> for him. Yeah, yeah for me. For, for for him. Him. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good movie. Really, really good movie. I was, I was surprised how I still was surprised at certain things. And I was like, I've already seen this, but God damn. I was like, so, um, Obviously, it did have an effect on me, even seeing it the first time and not remembering it totally. It still stuck in my mind. I think I was in the same boat. I'd only watched this once before. Mm -hmm. 
I unfortunately watched the American remake first. What? Yeah, which I wouldn't. So it was great? Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, <laughs> I've never seen it. I mean, watch it. Let me know what you think. The story changes. <laughs> the story changes. Oh. And so um, there is a portion of this film that is not a part of that film at all. Um, but again, I watched that when it came out. So I was probably like 15, 16 or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't remember what year it came out. Yeah. But um, so I was, I could have been any age. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but we pinned it on 15 or 16. Well, because I feel like I was a kid. <laughs> I just feel like a kid watching it. But um, <laughs> when I finally watched this version, uh-huh. the original version, I was like, oh, so that's what that should have been. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah. So there's artistry involved. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is that this film for me is is just so well crafted. Mm-hmm. I'll talk a little bit in a moment about some uh, certain things that um stand out i think once we get started with the plot summary right uh but i just think the thing is is everything means something yeah and you go back and you rewatch it this is one of the films that have a great uh rewatch value mm-hmm. uh i think my <laughs> my main issue with the film because i do i i think it might border from like to love on this film okay mm-hmm. but i do have an issue that holds things back for me a mm-hmm. little bit and it's their their desire to do a little too much. <laughs> and by that, I mean when we're getting to the like <laughs> the last act of the film. And I don't mind um, uh, confusion. Right. Until, you know, when then they finally explain everything. Yeah. But what I do mind is when we start feeling like there's a hat on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> and when we get to this point where it's like, oh, wow, that's fucking wild. Oh, wait, there's more space dust on here. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of keeps going. There's like four or five times. And I think that maybe <laughs> three or four times. I agree. Would have been more successful for me. Right. And I there's a plot point that I might completely cut. Okay. Ooh, I'm very excited okay. to hear that. But I do like this film a lot, despite the thing I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had only seen this once as well when John Paul and I watched it together um, because in the people who requested it to us, Chris and Brittany had requested it or requested it, recommended it specifically to me in different conversations. So I was like, they both have very good taste in movies. Mm-hmm. John Paul and I do our movie nights. I put it in there. The only thing about our movie nights is sometimes we have to start it very late and I'm very tired. Mm. And so I don't there, like you said, it's twist, twist, twist. One really big aspect of the twist ending. I don't think that I fully digested when I watched this the first time. No, that I got to admit, um, rewatching it for the show that shocked the hell out of me. I was like, am I dumb? (laughs) I, I didn't, I, I don't think that I fully comprehended that aspect of it. So for me, definitely, um, I love, I can say I love this film um, and I'm queen too much. So I don't even mind the, but wait, there's more, you know, (laughs) Um, there are a couple aspects that are still, even after really trying to analyze and dig in and, and fully comprehending the ending this time Mm -hmm. uh, that I, I'm still a little bit confused about. Um, And I, the thing is, is, you know, we've already said it's a, it's a twist ending and I feel like it's one that maybe could be considered overdone at this point but But, you know in 2003 not only that but if this was made this year the way that they do it it's like while the credits are rolling you're like i need to fucking watch that again i need to watch that knowing what i know now Mm -hmm. so i mean it, it i feel like it is um just 
calculated and measured and precise. I saw a really short interview with Kim Ji-woon where he said that people were saying it was lazy and that um, basically it was confusing because it wasn't fully fleshed out. And he's like, no, like you're you're meant to be confused Mm -hmm. watching the things that are happening through the perspective and a lot of times of the characters everybody's fucking confused. Like, yeah. why are you special? <laughs> like, you didn't say that, but you know what I mean? What, to the critics specifically? Yeah. <laughs> why do you get to, you know, have a cheat sheet? We're so, you're supposed to be confused, and then you're, like, fed these little moments of clarity where slowly the full picture is coming into play. But, again, I feel like this film, you literally have to watch it more than once mm-hmm. because it's a bomb that keeps exploding. <laughs> and in all fairness, I just think that whenever you do feel that confusion in a movie... Sometimes it's very interesting to have that surreal, almost dreamlike experience. Yeah. yeah. And for them too, they basically explain everything to you at the end. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. So it's not as if the critic was like, I, I, there is yeah. nothing here for me. I would tell the critic, yeah. watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't get the ending. The <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch it again, man. Yeah. I don't get lazy out of this at all. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the amount of the attention to detail, like you talked about in your intro. Yeah. That That's the exact opposite of lazy. Yeah. yeah um so no whoever that critic was no i yeah. know uh, and, and real quick uh you said the uh, there's so there's an american remake of this yeah uh, the uninvited yes oh it's named uh, so like uh d- old boy got a remake too wasn't it um thanos right he yeah. was in there yeah. yeah he was yeah, all right yeah. was that any good or not? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no it wasn't well, good no. at all <laughs> let's just talk about american remakes well, for a little bit <laughs> no uh, uh, and that was spike lee that did that really old boy remake and it was not good um <laughs> right. well measuring uh, it up to old boy i mean you, you yeah i know yeah. yeah but uh, well the reason i bring it up is because this I don't, again, I don't get lazy out of this, this movie, even though it is not really my fit, but it is good. I can't deny that. And you can see all the love and attention that went into it. Like there's even stuff that I noticed and we'll talk about it later that I was looking and I was like, oh, T's going to comment on that. Or, (laughs) you know what? It's like there's this movie is very well put together yes so lazy i that just that still blows my mind yeah i'm just surprised to even hear that yeah yeah that word yeah that in the interview he was just smoking a cigarette and talking about it casually (laughs) i'd be like they said i was lazy (laughs) i I put so much work into this i'd just be like sobbing i'm retiring from film (laughs) (laughs) you will never see this face again (laughs) um I did want to talk because I had watched an interview with him as well where he was talking about his ideas going into the film. Yeah. And it is such an interesting thing because there there are these moments of pure horror, mm-hmm. but the way that he described his thought process, he had said that he was starting first looking at it as a character drama. Yeah. And then he said that rather than doing a film outside of the horror genre, he wanted to change the things inside of the horror genre. Mm. Okay. And when you think okay. of it that way, you do see it and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The way he put it was using genre conventions to suit the story he wanted to tell instead of catering his story to suit these genre conventions. Okay. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's, yeah. More people should do that. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's an inspired way to look at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, and I think it comes out with a very impressive tone throughout. Mm-hmm. Very suspenseful and tense. Oh, yeah. yeah. You either feel like something terrible has happened, 
will happen or is happening. Oh, all oh no, them. yeah. Like yeah. constantly. All three. <laughs> uh, but he did say uh, two influences I saw in another interview, surrealism of David Lynch. Okay. And the use of color of Dario Argento. Yeah. You know, well. you, you stepped on a joke I'm going to make earlier because there's a red... <laughs> closet and i was like t so this is a giallo film yes god damn it and you were yeah. gonna get so mad I, i'm already angry so <laughs> <laughs> listen to episode 119 <laughs> blood and black lace where i describe what a giallo is <laughs> it's more than the color red i yeah. haven't listened to that one yet oh um, <laughs> you were only there so yeah. <laughs> i did want to talk a little bit about the folk tale that this is based off of right and speaking of based off of i don't mean to jump all over the place but this film was um a major influence on the film Goodnight Mommy. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's another American remake. You yeah. know, you also mentioned, um, I think it was on our episode for us, that this was one of the films that Jordan Peele had his cast watch. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. As, um, I said it and I don't remember it. <laughs> That's amazing. So I guess I don't feel bad that you don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the folktale you're talking about, yeah. I heard that it was, um, I read in Variety, actually, that this is like the fifth or sixth adaptation of this tale, but oh, it's done okay. so differently. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a super popular folktale in uh, Korea, I guess, and it has been adapted a lot. And this one, I, I was like, should I talk about it at the end or should I talk about it at the beginning? But I feel like it's so different that we can talk about it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, and I'll just do like the um, the Cliff Notes version, but... There's a, a mother, a father, and they have two little girls, you know, tell two sisters. Right. And the mother passes away. So the father remarries, you know, the evil stepmother, and she hates the two girls. She hates them. And she has two older sons. Okay. And so when they grow up and the older daughter wants to get married or she's engaged to be married, um, the father is excited and he wants to pay for the wedding and the stepmother's like, no, that money should go to my boys. Like, why are you spending it on your daughter? Or whatever? <laughs> she doesn't what? tell him that. She um, And I'll leave out the detail on how she did this because it, it's gross and whatever. Uh -oh. um, we're still in the intro. We don't need it. But uh, she kind of sabotages the daughter. Again, this is a different time. Um, saying that she had premarital sex basically mm -hmm. and um the father believes her and she's humiliated because it's a lie and she runs off into the woods so i guess the stepmother kind of knew that she was going to do that and has her oldest son waiting in the woods for her and he pushes her into a pond oh and she drowns but <laughs> and you know whatever while he's out there doing this a tiger comes out and bites one arm and one leg off of the son that so, <laughs> what a day yeah <laughs> no shit the stepmother is mad <laughs> how dare you get attacked by a tiger <laughs> how is she mad <laughs> she takes it out on the remaining daughter oh no. so she abuses the daughter and then the daughter is found in the pond as well right. so the daughters you know as the story goes on start haunting the mayor and i guess the mayor of the town is not doing what they want and so the mayor is found dead and then a new Damn. mayor comes and then that one's found dead and then a new mayor comes and then that one's found dead and then finally another <laughs> guy comes in and the the girls visit him and he listens to them and uh -huh. um they tell him what happened and and he investigates the claims and finds out that the stepmother and the oldest son lied and conspired and he sentences sentences them to death mm -hmm. and the father he was like well clearly you knew nothing of this so you're free to go <laughs> and then um 
uh, the father remarries another woman. Yeah. And when on his wedding night, the daughters visit him and say, now that everything is in place, we'll come back to you. And so then with his new wife, he has twin girls and he names them after the original daughters. So it's kind of like, you know, and then the thing that I read was like, and they all lived happily ever after. Was the guy who really? Yeah. (laughs) Was the man who figured it out, Thanos? No. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing (laughs) (laughs) the American remake of Old Boy. (laughs) (laughs) It was directed by Spike Lee. Yes. Um, But this this folktale was directed by Spike Lee. Very cool. Um, But that is the story that this was based off of. Or not not based off of, but inspired by. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I think I can kind of give a rundown at the top because, I mean, there are sisters and a stepmother. I would have remembered the tiger part. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> was he watching and waiting? <laughs> he was That's like, "Don't be doing that." Up, yeah. <laughs> Did you just push her? <laughs> <laughs> That's the tiger. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. <laughs> was the tiger Thanos? No. no like, <laughs> Get to the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we regret this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's go back home. Before the film begins, we get the credits. They appear over a floral backdrop as ghostly words that appear and quickly blow away. These names appear in white until we get to the title card in red, A Tale of Two Sisters. It too blows away and we fade to black. The opening title is beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that the wallpaper is a very interesting thing that comes into play later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the red of the title. Mm -hmm. You know the... um, Giallo. Well, no. (laughs) Jello. Jello. We all love both the... Gelato. (laughs) Um, All three of those things. (laughs) All I was trying to say is that I believe that the original name of the folktale, the two names translate to Red Flower and Red Lotus. Mm -hmm. And so the color red is very important. Right. Um, And I'll talk about that a little more later. Yeah. Okay. But the film opens on a bowl of water... A doctor, played by Lee Dayan, washes his hands in the in the water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put it like that. <laughs> Is there soap in here? No, antiseptic something. That kind of. No, I'm just saying. What do you? Maybe that was straight alcohol. In the yeah. bowl. <laughs> He's like, ah. <laughs> I forgot I sliced my finger yesterday. I got a paper cut. You ever learn of a paper cut with um, hand sanitizer? Oh yeah. Uh, that or I have to cut lemons a lot at work, or I used to have to cut them all the time, oh, and uh-huh. that's when it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, that's horrible. We can hear you in the (laughs) the dining room. (laughs) Is she okay? Someone cutting lemons back there with cuts in their hand? (laughs) But the doctor stands and dries his hands quietly and patiently waits as footsteps approach. A nurse brings in a woman who has her head down and her hair covering her face. She sits down in a chair and the nurse quickly exits. The doctor sits down across from the patient and the two sit in silence as the doors close loudly behind the nurse. This entire portion of this opening sequence Mm -hmm. is when I knew immediately how methodical the pacing was going to be. Yeah. Where every bit of sound design, every moment is accounted for. Mm -hmm. And it's just very, I could see this being classified as a slow burn. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I really like that they take their time with just about everything. It feels like, and there's a lot of moments, especially as we go later on, where he's making you sit in that tension. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, we're not. Nothing's jumping out. Nothing's rushing. Like, you're going to sit here and feel feel what it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's wow. It's like it's a welcome discomfort. Yeah. yeah. And I and and I know that I asked that I find that movie the slow burn and and this I am not I'm I'm not 100% confident that I want to say this is that movie but this is close. Hey. Yeah. This is close. So I cuz I I am not a fan of the slow burn. Right. Um but this did keep me engaged the entire time. That's all we could hope for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but finally, the doctor asks how the woman's day was. She gives no response, but the doctor places a recorder between them and insists that they talk. He asks that she tell him about herself, and he asks, who do you think you are? Not like, who do you think you are, but mm. like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Which is concerning. Yeah. yeah. That, that was one thing as well with the way that it was shot because her hair is covering her face for the whole thing. Yeah. I was wondering if this is planting the seeds of a twist already to be like, we don't even know who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. For right now, I was like, oh, so this is, I'm waiting for the, so you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> the record yeah, scratch. Yeah, I was like, okay, so this is, we're, we're fixing to see what's going on. Yeah. And that created a bit of confusion for me as far as chronology. I was yeah. going to say, when is this taking place? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty confident that I know Yeah. now, but I mean, that is a big, you mm-hmm. know, I can't say much. Yeah. <laughs> But when she still doesn't reply, he sighs and picks up a picture. He turns it around to show her a family, a father, a mother, two sisters, and a woman standing behind the father's shoulder dressed in white. He asks if she knows who it is. The woman lifts her head, but still doesn't reply. The doctor tells her that it's her family and asks if she wants to see it again. He holds it out to her, but she doesn't take it. The doctor finally just sets it down. He asks if she can tell him about that day, and we finally face the woman, her face still shrouded by her hair. The doctor tells her that she should be able to remember what happened that day. He assures her that it's okay from now on and that she can tell him what happened. The woman finally raises her head slowly, and mellow music begins to play. So this mellow music you've described. I mean, I describe it as mellow, mm-hmm. whimsical. <laughs> it It's... It's it's incredible. Oh yeah. It starts it's just like a waltz of acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then these strings come in. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. Yeah. The composer was Byung-woo Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay. He also did music for Bong Joon-ho's The Host. Okay. Oh. But this soundtrack of this film is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love every bit of it. No, it's stunning. And I was thinking as I mean I've I've been watching this a lot uh-huh. um that it made me think of something that would be in a studio ghibli film yeah and then we were talking this morning and john paul said the exact same thing i know some people say ghibli i say ghibli i don't know yeah. um, is, it, is it like jiff and gif yeah what do you say gif good <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> no but it does it has this like whimsy but also a little bit sad i don't i don't know how to I love the music. Yeah. yeah, I will say that. But in how wonderful it is, there for me sometimes I'm like, this is a little 
too whimsical. Like there's a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. So it I would I don't want to say it hurt because I love the music and I did enjoy this movie. Uh-huh. But it, it for me I was just like is this really the tone of you know certain times when stuff happens I was like eh. But I feel like that adds to like a duality or a you know the you know <laughs> I'm a very yeah. I'm trying to be careful what I say. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Well, but there's also like that feeling of the whimsy you're talking about, which is kind of present in folk tales. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point too. But the whimsical music continues as it segues to our view looking out of a window of a moving car. The car continues down the road until it comes to a large house. A man opens the gate for them and they park. The driver gets out of the car and starts to head toward the house. He is Mu Hyun, played by Kim Kapsu. The man starts toward the house, but stops, realizing that he's the only one that got out of the car. He walks back to the window and asks if whoever is inside is coming out. He walks away from the car again and heads inside. This was a very cool moment of cinematography to me Mm -hmm. because as we start the film, you think it's just, you know, scenic shots of this drive to this home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you realize in this moment that it was POV. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) But once he's gone, the door finally opens and out steps the patient, Sue Mi, played by Lim Soo Jung, and her sister, Sue Yan, played by Moon Gen Young. The theme continues as they look at the house in front of them. So these are the two sisters we've yeah. heard yeah, so much the, about. The, names yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music stops and Sumi sighs deeply. Su Yun runs off to a plant growing by the house. She rips a fruit from the vine, opens it and eats a piece, but she promptly spits it out. We were talking this morning. Mm. What is this? If you know, please let us know. Yeah. I think they were Carolina Reapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that why she's brave, dude. She, yeah, Sue so Young was G. She yeah. went over there and was like, uh uh-uh, uh, get some of this. Sean Evans is like, we're going to need you to explain that grant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't know what it was. And when yeah. she spit it out, but then when we return. Yeah, she's eating more. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that just leads me to believe she got a bad one. She yeah. knows that these are tasty. It's supposed to taste like yeah. this. Yeah, that one wasn't. Okay. So I, is it a fruit? Is I it an know. edible flower? I want to try some of it. I know. It, the way she peeled it open, yeah. I was like, what is that? Well, it came in its own wrapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nature. Nature's candy. Yeah. yeah. Sumi continues wandering around, lingering by an abandoned swing set. She looks up at a second floor balcony before calling out to her sister and extending her hand. Yun smiles as she rushes and grabs her hand and the two take off running out of the gate as the whimsical music begins again. They laugh as they run down the country road hand in hand. At the end of a pier, they both swing their bare feet in the water, sitting in silence. Sumi lies back on the wood of the dock with a smile on her face. She comments on how pretty it is, but Yun doesn't reply. Instead, she looks down at her feet, still slowly kicking in the water. Sumi looks at her own palms for a moment before sitting up and telling her sister to let her see her hands. She stares at the palms of both of Suyan's hands, and she smiles slightly, and Suyan asks what she's seeing. Sumi looks back at her sister's hands, and the smile drops from her face, but she makes no comment. This is something that I had completely missed when I watched it before. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's again. Yeah, 
I I wanted to call out how beautiful this property is. Yeah. yeah. I was just watching it kind of in awe. It's it's funny to me. I don't know what it is, but films that take place in other countries, I am so captivated and fascinated yeah. by the simplest things. Mm-hmm. This might just be a standard farmhouse or whatever, but I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing I've it's, ever seen. It's gorgeous. <laughs> in my life. Um, but another thing that I did want to talk about is the fact that we're so kind of caught off guard by chronology. Mm-hmm. He said, the doctor, tell me about that day. Yeah. yeah. And so in my mind, we're flashing back to that day. Yeah. yeah. And this day is them moving into this new house. Mm-hmm. We quickly learned it's not true. Right. Um, but there already starts that feeling of confusion. Yeah. But it's a good confusion. Yeah. Well, because you're led to pretty much led to believe one thing and mm-hmm. it's like well hold, it's like setting the tone because it's like you're gonna be off balance for the next hour and a half yeah and oh, off balance is- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm honestly as well um when you think that this is the potential of moving into a new house mm-hmm. I'm like okay so we're gonna get that archetypal angry teen character yeah, yeah. never happens no because it's not the case at all yeah right. but a voice calls out for sue me The sisters pluck their feet from the water, gather their shoes, and run back to the house as the theme plays again. It stops, though, as they step into the darkness of the house, still holding hands. I keep mentioning the music because it's played at such precise moments Mm -hmm. that when it stops, it's like, oh, I mean, like, you you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the air drops out of the... Yeah. Yeah, you definitely notice it. Yeah. But all is silent until Eun Ju, played by Yum Jung Ah, comes walking toward them very quickly. She's like gliding toward them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she calls out to the sisters, telling Soo Yan that she looks so much prettier now. When she finally stands in front of them, she tells them that they did disappoint her because she cooked and cleaned and waited all day for them and they couldn't even say hi first. She says that they went down to the wharf and lightly chastises them for not changing their clothes before going outside. Putting that to the side, with a smile, she welcomes them back home. The sisters continue to hold hands and don't say anything. Unju looks down at their hands, and when she starts to reach towards Suyan, Suyan shrinks away from her. This makes Unju laugh, but she tells her that she sees that she's better and she's glad she's feeling good. With a serious face, she tells her that she takes after her mom. Sumi stares at her when she says this, and Unju turns to her and asks, you're feeling a lot better too, right? Hmm. The whole thing is weird. Yeah. yeah. Especially you take after your mom, mm-hmm. you know? I, yeah. But Sumi just walks away from this, still holding her sister's hand and taking her with her. Unju trails after them until they reach the stairs. She stays and calls up at them, saying that they must be tired and to get rest because she's preparing a special dinner. She says that they need to give her some time because there's a lot to prepare. And again, they ignore her. As they disappear up the stairs, Unju just stands quietly at the bottom, which was like weird. Yeah, I was going to. Am I the only one that felt like she was being threatening? Like a vague like passive threatening She's got yeah. a, a weird like energy weird, yeah i just felt i don't know if maybe i was just looking at it from the kid's point of view or but i was like man you're being a little like you kind of you're being you're being a little weird well i i don't know if i just perceive things completely differently yeah. because i wrote down uh stepmother seems sweet <laughs> yeah no <For> me, <laughs> that was my first note me, i think it's like you said john paul is that if you if you're just looking at her yeah and she's like oh i'm so glad you're feeling better i've been cooking and cleaning all day why didn't you come say hi da, 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 da. it's fine 
but you're looking at the way that they're reacting to her yeah. and there's a disconnect there. Like there's, either this is not how you normally act or you're putting on like something is weird. That's that's how I took. I was like, the kids are not really responding At right all. to her. What is something? Because that's my note. So she's going to be a problem uh-huh. or, you know, question mark because they <laughs> are. Well, it's a question because because she it, she it does doesn't seem like she's being I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. But taking looking at it, like I said, from the kids, how they were responding to her. I was like, you guys are not. This doesn't seem friendly at all to y'all. So, yeah. is, you know, like you said passive aggressive or it's like what's going on? I think to me, I just um, went back to the old idea of the fable and the folktale where the stepmother is immediately perceived as. Yeah. 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 Something. OK. Evil. Yeah. And I was like, well. She seems nice, so that's strange. Yeah. Okay. But maybe she is, and it's a subversion. You know, I'm trying to... Yeah, no, who, yeah, yeah, who yeah. knows? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did want to make mention at this point, though, especially because of the line of her saying that they hadn't changed their clothes. Yeah. I watched a video from Speakima Films, and I read an article from No Film School by Alyssa Miller. Mm-hmm. They talked about A Tale of Two Sisters and their use of mise en scene, mm-hmm. uh, which basically is a French word that just means um, everything that you see on screen coming together. Okay. So we're talking about the art direction of Cho Gun Hyun and the costume design of Oak Sung Young. Mm-hmm. and the direction of Kim, the cinematography, everything coming together to tell the story and kind of clue us in on everything. Yeah. Right. Because there is that marriage of the set design, of the costume design, the cinematography, and it gives the audience insight into so much mm-hmm. yeah. that you don't realize until you rewatch the film. Yeah. And I think that line of her talking about the clothes was very important because you start to maybe focus on the clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to think of maybe who's wearing what especially who's wearing what color. Yeah. Yeah. That part. And okay. it all comes into play. Um, the colors that they pointed out, uh, red, pale blue, light brown, and floral patterns. A lot yeah. of floral patterns. Yeah. I did notice that. Now that you mentioned it, I did notice that. Even on the wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. And the most interesting thing that I didn't even consider was um, the contrast with certain characters versus the father. Yeah. And okay. that's also important. Yeah. So all of this coming together, you realize, and this is where I'm talking about that critic saying lazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, what? Yeah. Because there's so much work that goes into stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why he could just confidently sit there and smoke a cigarette and be like, yeah. okay, bitch, like whatever. <laughs> Talk your shit. Yeah. yeah. What movie were you watching? <laughs> but Sumi goes into her bedroom alone. She opens the windows, illuminating the dark room with sunlight. There's a clock on the wall and Sumi opens it, sets the proper time and gets the pendulum going. So a constant tick continues. The way that the camera presses in on the clock, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was like, is this because it was it was 235. Um, Yes. I was like, I don't know if this is meant to be um, symbolic. Right. Does this time come up later? Right. Oh, um, I never got an answer on that. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I feel like the the concept of time and chronology is is uh kind of its own thing yeah. here. Just you know? on its own. Yeah. But Sumi goes into her suitcase, pulls out two notebooks, and opens her desk to put them away. When she pulls the desk open, there's a light musical sting when there are identical notebooks with an identical pen on top already sitting there. Sumi sets her notebooks down. What? 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is, again, we're starting to feel a little surreal. Yeah. And this is not the last time that we're going to have a yeah. moment like this. So, I mean, you're just like, what the fuck? Already, we've been home for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is going on? This, this, uh, yeah, and I know this is small, but that tiny little her opening the desk and her shit being there already, I was like, oh, we're, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> something's not right. This yeah. Already. Well. Yeah. I was like, no. And that's the tension we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that that's scary without being outwardly so. Oh, yeah. Literally, because it's notebooks yeah. and a pen, but well, you're like already uneasy. How am I here already? I just got here. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Well, (laughs) (laughs) but she looks around the room confused before going to the red wardrobe next to the bedroom door. Giallo. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) she opens it quickly, revealing it to be filled with several identical shirts and several identical skirts. She stares at the clothing mystified. Unless she's a cartoon character. This is a problem. (laughs) Yeah. A big problem. (laughs) Or school uniforms. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, no, yeah. You know, that's not a school uniform. Uh, d- no. no. And you got to have clothes outside of that. You would hope. Yeah. I mean, my wardrobe looks a lot like <laughs> black, 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 black shirt, black shirt, black shirt. Are you Homer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Later, we follow Unju as she goes down the hall with fresh folded clothes. She goes into a bedroom and picks up more fresh clothes from the bed. But when she goes into the next room and finds another set identical to the one she just picked up, folded neatly, ominous music plays and she throws it in the trash see and that's an overreaction yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've seen that duplicates of clothes are fine yeah you can keep them they're still clean and pressed and folded yeah uh i literally i only had one note and i said what's going on with the clothes yeah Yeah. and again emphasis on clothes yeah Mm -hmm. already yeah so you know Keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up. Or try to. (laughs) The second watch is revealing. Yeah. Yeah. But in his office, Mu Hyun talks on the phone. He tells the person on the other end that they just got back and that things don't look so good right now. He tells them that it wouldn't be much help if they came. After a door thuds elsewhere in the house, he says that he needs to go. Before he hangs up, though, he asks the person how they're doing and tells them that Sun Q is bringing his wife over for dinner. He assures the person on the other end that he will take care of it and ends the call. He puts a cigarette in his mouth, but when he can't find a lighter, he throws it away angrily. Why'd you even take it out? (laughs) (laughs) His sharing of these future dinner plans. Mm -hmm. That also is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. With what we hear later. Mm -hmm. What we hear in like a minute. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like... It's the next scene. It's, I think. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, it's later. It's, yeah. That's true. Well, that's a little later. <laughs> Technically, it's later. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's very confusing and very conflicting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe whatever critics had an issue with this, if that's what they... If they saw these as like accidental inconsistencies, maybe, if that's why... I mean, I don't know. Well, I feel like a lot of times, a lot of critics kind of look for what they consider to be plot holes, Uh but they don't realize a lot of the time that a lot of them are filled in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just takes, you have to, and honestly, if I'm watching this film, just as me watching this film, there's a good chance that I might be like super confused and end up with a different conclusion at the end of it. Right. But watching the film the way that we have to watch the film to cover it for the show. Yeah. You pick up on lines like that Mm -hmm. that you might have missed. Yeah. And you realize that, oh, no, everything was meticulously planned. Yeah. Yeah. That night, all four of them sit in the dining room eating. 
Everyone is silent, and Unju looks around at them dejectedly. She strikes up conversation, telling Mu Hyun that she invited Sun Q and his wife over for dinner this weekend. He reacts as if he doesn't know. Yeah. And Unju continues that it will be nice for him to see the girls after so long. Mu Hyun sighs, finishes his meal, and tells her that it was delicious, but he has things to tend to. He offers his apologies, and in his generosity, he tells Unju that she must be tired so she can clean all this tomorrow. Okay, yeah. so, <laughs> dude, I, I gotta, was like, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I I gasped at this. First of all, I was like, did Mu Hyun just Einstein? Yeah, yeah he did. no, that was just. I was like, he's gonna turn off the light. Yeah, yeah. he did. He just did. leave them to eat in the dark. Yeah. But yeah. I thought what he was gonna say is like, you know, because she had just said that she had spent all day, yeah, cooking. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was gonna say, you must be tired. Oh, yeah. But he's like, you must be tired. You can do it tomorrow. Just, yeah. just do it first thing in the just morning. Leave it as long as it gets done. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, clean it thank up yourself, you. dude. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's a way of showing gratitude. Yeah. That's your wife. Yes. But he leaves the table. Unju turns her frustrations to Sumi. She brings up Sumi preparing Mu Hyun's undergarments and thanks her, but says that that's her job. So she put out her dad's like underwear and stuff. Uh-huh. And that's what she threw in the trash cuz she's supposed to do that. Hmm. But it's just laundry, man. Just it do is. the laundry. Yeah. You but, helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in all fairness, I mean when you think about it, when did she even have time to do that? Is the other question. Sumi? Yeah. yeah. That's an excellent question. Huh. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But Sumi counters that cleaning her room is her job and asks why Unju touched her things. You went through all things? (laughs) 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 Unju says that that's how it was before. But Sumi asks if those clothes were hanging there before and Unju gives no reply. A weird kind of intermingling of responsibility Mm -hmm. that seems just a matter at this point of almost being territorial. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But again, the way, the way that Unju and Mu Hyun interact with each other. Yes. I'm like, oh, our marriage is not great. It's yeah. not where it's supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. And now these girls are coming in. I mean, it just feels like there's a lot of tension. And this is my husband. I'm doing this for him. You don't need to come in and do that. It, like it's it's like you said, a weird territorial thing. Yeah. Like, like you had said, um, family drama. Yes. That's what it's like is how long were y'all away for that he's bringing you back and it's just been me and him and now you're, cu- you know, that's what it feels like. It's mm-hmm. it's very off and like strained. Like okay. growing pains again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But wordlessly, Mu Hyun comes back into the room. He sits two white pills next to Unju and fills her glass with water before walking off. Once he's gone, Sumi abruptly tells her stepmother that she's not having dinner with that guy. Unju reminds her that Sun Q isn't just some guy, he's her uncle. She reasons that it's the first day and to just give it a rest. This is when I'm like, I kind of feel bad for her. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. her husband was low-key mean to her. He Einsteined her. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? And now she's like, I'm not having dinner. She's just like, please, like, it's your first day back. Like, can yeah. we not? Like, you were you were out of pocket for throwing the laundry away. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not perfect. But yeah. that, that it did kind of, I was like, damn, dude, like, this lady's going through it. That's I, how I took it. I still am siding with Sumi. I'm still looking at it through... I'm like, why are you being an asshole to the kid? And what's the dad's deal? Why well, is he being a fucking dickhead? The <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that the the pill drop 
was very cold. Yeah, it was weird. extremely. What, what is it? What the fuck are you giving her? Well, what and, is that? Like, no matter what it is, I in my head, this is your spouse. Yeah. yeah. Put a loving hand on their shoulder as you drop them, or as you're leaving. You're leaving the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's just like, well, here, here left the here's room. some water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Here's yeah. these. Yeah. <laughs> then he leaves again with with, with not, no with words. Nothing, no, yeah. yeah, nothing at all. And so you know, and again, it all makes sense later. Yeah. But at this time, you're just like, man, what is going on with this family? This yeah. family is is not mm-hmm. in a good spot. No. But without another word, Sumi sets her spoon down and leaves the table. Unju looks expectantly at Suyun. She asks if she's going to go after Sumi because she's supposed to follow her. So Suyun does. Unju is left alone at the table. I felt that moment from Critters. She's like, thank you, Unju, for making this delicious dinner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's like, Jesus, man. <laughs> Suyan climbs the stairs to find Sumi sitting at the top waiting for her with a smile. They walk down the hall together and Sumi asks her sister if Unju said anything to her. Suyan shakes her head, but Sumi tells her that if she ever gets on her case to tell her and not ignore it like before. Suyan nods in agreement. Downstairs, Unju lovingly tells her pet bird goodnight before pulling the cover over its cage. She turns all the lights off before going into her bedroom. I, uh, of course, you know, having not seen the film in a long time Mm -hmm. and not knowing anything about anything, the second I saw a bird, I said, that's a dead bird squawking. (laughs) (laughs) And if that bird flies out of this alive, (laughs) that will be hard for me to beak leave. (laughs) It's a little hard to swallow. (laughs) It's also a bird. You crow it. (laughs) John Paul just looks defeated. Oh, yeah. I'll wait. Um, I'll wait. Uh, I'll wait. No, we t- we talked about that the other week. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> He's like a mad yeah, teacher. Yeah. No, 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 no. You go yeah, ahead. I'll yeah. wait. Get it out of your system. Um, we talked about that the other week. Anytime you see a pet, you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. You know. You know what I should have said when you started joking with me is two can play at that <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh we make an excellent parrot. <laughs> <laughs> What happens next? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Sorry. Still waiting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, next, <laughs> team, in his office, Mu Hyun sits in silence holding a video camera. Now, there was a dropped plot point of Mu Hyun setting up video cameras all around the house so that he could monitor what was going on when he was at work. And they cut it. Oh. Okay. So this is the only like little piece left of what that was supposed to be. But it it doesn't happen yeah well i think if you have that with our understanding of the family now it seems very like overbearing yeah, yeah. like scary it, it villainizes Mu Hyun. yeah, yeah. Um, might be too much for sure i'm glad that they took that out but unju sits in the mirror removing her lipstick and when she hears something she takes off her robe and rushes over to the bed in her gown She gets into it and carefully smooths out the blankets and her hair before picking up a book and looking like she's been reading. Just as she finishes her positioning, we see Mu Hyun enter in the reflection of the mirror. Something I did want to mention, um, the book had a red cover. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, The lighting in this sequence of really from the bird business all the way to the bedroom, Mm -hmm. very interesting with Mm -hmm. the color choices. Um, I did want to call out the cinematographer, Mo Guy Lee. He also shot I Saw the Devil, ah! okay. which was also directed by Kim. 
Shut oh, the fuck right. up. I love that movie. Yeah. The premise of it, we always laugh about. Yeah. <laughs> but well, because you think it's, <laughs> you keep it's thinking not it's over. It's, <laughs> it's not what you think it's going to be. No, not at all. I want to cover that one. That yeah. is a great, great movie. I think that's a thriller that borders into horror. For sure. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really great. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Sue Mi and Sue Yun sleep in their respective bedrooms, but... In his bedroom, Moo Hyun lies fully clothed next to his sleeping wife. After a moment, he elects to go to his office and sleep in a chair. And then we get shots of the dark and silent house at night. This is when it's like, oh, like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Mm-hmm. And again. Yeah, because well, it's like he only got in bed to placate her. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to fucking sleep in here. Like, it's it's, we- it's strange. He still had his full clothes on. Yeah. yeah like he wasn't, he didn't even get in pajamas. Like, you were not going to bed. Yeah. But later, Unju is awoken by the sound of heavy footsteps running. She sits at the edge of her bed and stretches her neck. The way this is shot is terrifying. Yes. Yeah. It's like Unju is possessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe she's not as nice as I am. Yeah. <laughs> In Suyun's room, we get a lingering shot of her wardrobe before she is also woken up by a sound. When she looks at her bedroom door, it begins to creak open loudly. She cowers, pulling the blankets over her face as fingers reach in and curl around the door. Suyun turns away from the door, hiding her face in her blankets, but the blankets are quietly pulled off of her. There is a long moment of tension as she continues to lay there with her eyes closed. There's a thud, and she finally opens them, but she finds herself alone in the room. When she looks at the bedroom door, it's closed. Wrapped in her blanket, she steps out into the hallway and runs to her sister's room. Now, this is because it's already a bit confusing. Mm -hmm. These moments, I'm like, okay, this is what I know. This is horror that I know. You know what I mean? Not to say that it feels conventional. Right. But it feels like what you would expect. We get these little tastes and there's a few more later where it's like a more traditional presentation of horror. Mm -hmm. And you feel a little more in in your wheelhouse, so to speak. And then it snatches it right away. And we're back in the the drama and the, you know, confusion of it. it. The way that it's just... Like these little breadcrumbs of I know what y'all came for. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't know. It's it's so like masterful to me. It it is this whole little thing of being in her room was scary because yeah. yeah. I was just like, okay, what's gonna happen? All right, what's going on? And that was my note. I'd be freaked the fuck out too. Yes. yes. Like me, even as a grown ass man, I'm running to somebody's bed. And <laughs> that that was fucking scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't even really see much, but yeah. It was enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sumi wakes up with her sister in her bed, hiding fearfully under the blankets. Sumi asks what's wrong and if she had a nightmare, but Suyan shakes her head. Sumi asks if it's the wardrobe and she shakes her head again. She asks what's wrong then, and Suyan finally speaks. This is the first time she's spoken. Yeah. She tells her sister that she keeps hearing strange noises outside. Sumi laughs at this and smooths Suyan's hair. You hear strange noises outside. Now, now, that's interesting as well when you think about certain things that come later. Mm-hmm. Hearing strange noises outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, and I, I was about to make a joke, but I stopped myself with that you're point. Like, oh, no. shit. <laughs> it means everything. Yeah. <laughs> because what I was going to say is we all saw that long fingered hand reach around yeah. there. <laughs> that's not a strange noise. And it's not outside. No, no. Do not undersell what happened to you tonight. <laughs> 
But Sumi tells her that it's okay and it's just because she's been away for so long. She suggests that they just go to sleep. But Suyan says that someone came into her room and Sumi's face grows very serious. She goes downstairs alone to find the TV on, displaying static in the living room. In her father's office, Sumi finds him asleep in his chair. She pulls up the blanket onto his chest and he stirs in his sleep. Sumi looks down at him and caresses his face, but she's interrupted when Unju startles her. Was anyone else afraid that he was going to say, maybe breathe some smoke and then <laughs> maybe his ring <laughs> clatters on the floor? <laughs> and the wedding video's on. Yeah. And, and I'm sobbing. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bowl of tears. <laughs> well, I think we would know how the movie's going to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, already? What the fuck? Wow, we're like 30 minutes yeah. in. <laughs> But Unju speaks from the doorway, telling Sumi that her father is asleep. Sumi starts for the door and says that she knows this, but Unju accuses her of trying to wake her father up. She asks if she has something to tell him, but Sumi tells her that it's none of her business. Unju insists that she not wake him up. She asks if she understands her, but Sumi says that she only came downstairs for water. Unju warns her again that her father is sleeping, so be quiet. I don't see this is what I'm saying I don't understand why to me it seems like she's I don't she's just being it's like okay you told me he's asleep ready you don't got to tell me five more times <laughs> no it was, like, a, well, lot. Okay, it was a lot okay message well, received yeah <laughs> I got it as old as Sumi is yeah. you don't need that I remember no. when me and T were little and our dad worked at night and was asleep during the day and our mom had to be like guys please, please keep it down and we're just watching Simpsons reruns yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see that jerk but, but we were little you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like she's an adult you don't need to keep saying he's asleep I'm looking at him I know he's asleep yeah. maybe I missed my dad I've been away plus, like it's she, weird she covered him and then caressed his face she wasn't like hey get up hey, hey, hey. get up you old fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wanna play a video game or yeah. something I'm gonna watch the Simpsons. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> just yelling in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and this is this is something that was just funny to me, especially where we cut in the next scene because I, whenever she had said, "Oh, I just came down for a drink of water," I was like, "Terrible." Yeah. Terrible lie. Take yeah. a lap. Oh yeah. But then we cut to the next scene. I'm like, oh maybe she did come down. Oh, yeah. no, I'm gonna make it true. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make it true. Gotta make that's, it convincing. That's not why she came down here because Stu Yan was like, somebody's in my room and she went to investigate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now she's like, I was literally just thirsty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I better drink all this water. Yeah. <laughs> But Sumi does go into the kitchen for water, as she said. Standing in front of an open fridge, she opens a bottle and drinks. Now it looks like she's like drinking a lot and there's like the tiniest amount of water that's gone i was like yeah i thought you were thirsty (laughs) because she's like chugs it and i was like god damn you were thirsty and then there's like barely any water (laughs) what i think is it's either it's got to be deceptive um sound design yeah because they probably added in the gulps (laughs) (laughs) because the gulps were not reflected in the bottle no No, they were not it's a bottomless bottle But but after taking a long drink, she is suddenly distracted by a smell. She sniffs her water before noticing the bloody butcher paper on a shelf in the fridge. She cautiously unwraps it and screams when she sees the bloody mess inside. She drops the paper and its contents, a bloody fish carcass, onto the floor, and her scream is accompanied with a sharp musical sting. 
the timing i watched that video and they were talking about the timing of the yeah. cue. the cue is like it's not a jump scare no it's after the fact of what you've already seen it's very mm-hmm. interesting it, it like punctuates it yeah because yeah. most films it would boo, and then you're like oh fuck yeah, you know? yeah. before she even you know. yeah okay because i w- i'm not gonna lie i'll be honest i was a little confused at why it came after and yeah. then i was like is, did you mean to do that? <laughs> but but you explaining that that does okay. make more sense. You're like mm, delay no, cues, yeah, lazy, like, mm, yeah. <laughs> lazy. Just writing his own. Did this lazy yeah. shit. <laughs> um, it took me a few times to even see what it was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I was gonna say I couldn't tell at first, and I had to ask your sister. I was like, that was like meat or fish or something, and she was like, no, yeah, it was a fish. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Did you have to look it up or? Yeah. Because well, I, I was like, what the fuck is yeah. that? I had two thoughts. I said, is that a human face? Number one. Face. I said, is that Gabagool? Number two. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I think it's a fish head. Yeah. Nobody's okay, upset yeah, to yeah. see Gabagool. No, so no, it, no. That, you no. can cross That's that why I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, yo. <laughs> but in the dark living room, sitting in front of the static TV, Unju turns her head in the direction of the scream before turning back toward the TV. It is strange. Yeah. And this is where I'm starting to be like, all right, I see. Oh, I, you're bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only evil people watch the static <laughs> of a TV Bathed screen. Bathed in the static yeah. and she's blue, the room's blue. Yeah. The static is doing its thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a it's kind of a I don't mean to be punny because it's blue, but it's a chilling shot. Right. Mm-hmm. It really is. But later, Sumi cuddles Suyan in her bed. After confirming that she went into her room, Suyan asks who was in there. Sumi says that woman was in there, referring to their stepmother. She says that it's strange. Their stepmother is strange, and so is the house. She asks her little sister if she's scared, and Suyan doesn't give an answer, but Sumi consoles her anyway. She assures her that she is there and everything is all right before insisting that they go to sleep. She cuddles her and promises that she will always be with her. We slide down their blue blanket until it transitions to the curtains of Mu Hyun's office blowing in the morning breeze. First of all, great transition. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Secondly, I feel like the way the camera kind of dips down and reveals their clothes. Mm -hmm. Their clothes are intermingled in the colors of the pajamas. Yeah. But the color of their blanket is the same color of Unju's night coat. Mm. Okay. And so you're like, you know, that's yeah. what I'm All interesting. Right. But when the wind turns the pages of an opened book, Mu Hyun wakes up. He goes to the bedroom that he shares with Unju, but he finds the sheets rumpled and the bed empty. I guess she's in the bathroom. Mm. In Sumi's room, she tosses and turns in her sleep, caught in the throes of a nightmare. In her dream, she is running through the woods. She is younger and comes across a woman. In disjointed shots, we see her looking down at her own bloody hand, a hand flopping around, and someone applying pressure to a bleeding arm. Sumi wakes, startled and gasping for air. I was like, can this girl catch a break? Literally. Like, not even in your dreams. Yeah, so real quick, I... uh. I was watching that when I was watching this, I was like, man, that's a fucking crazy ass nightmare. And I, I, I wanted to look and I, I went and looked and read an article about nightmares. Okay. The website, it was a Viva Center website and they suggested that nightmares are often unmet psychological needs or frustrations with life experiences. And, uh, I was like, man, I was like, well, I was like, wow. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And, uh, 
they said that a lot of the links and like common nightmares that we share about like being naked or being given a presentation or whatever, they're still not aware of why we share common nightmares like that. Um, they said, but it's easier to tell in trauma. And they said that our nightmares tend to reflect our troubles through metaphors ra rather than literal representation. Hmm. So it's not just being like, this is what the problem is. You know what I mean? It gives us something that stresses us that way, I guess, or something. Yeah. And I was like, man, so what the fuck just happened in your dream? Well, <laughs> I was like, so what the fuck? That, that even adds some context because even as things reveal themselves yeah i'm not fully what what the symbolism in this dream uh-huh i mean that again that's what it must be is just symbolism uh -huh. not like recovered i feel like in most films it's like oh i'm seeing things that are happening and there is one thing that happened that was in there but you know other than that i was like what the fuck yeah i think there is one symbol with the hand yeah that yeah is both mm -hmm. and very indicative of something that of course we can't talk about yeah yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's but it, what, it's hard it is very hard <laughs> but there are there is a decent amount of metaphor in what we're about to see too yeah because we'll continue mm -hmm. but even to the color of the clothes a person is wearing yeah you're like that's this you know it's very interesting yeah but i love that while we're asleep our brains are like let me okay pretend you're at school <laughs> but why like, yeah. why am i so scared <laughs> just tell me what to work through yeah. please <laughs> like we got to make it a riddle yeah <laughs> but sumi turns to look at her sister who still seems to be asleep with her back to her when she hears gentle creaking, Sumi slowly scans the empty room, looking past the wardrobe and chairs. And when her eyes fall upon the foot of her bed, there is the movement of the top of someone's head crouched out of sight. This is fucking scary. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sumi's eyes widen with fear as she watches the person continue to crawl out from the cover of the footboard. It's a woman, clear as day, her long hair concealing her face as she crawls across the floor. And so I was like, is the stepmother hiding down there? And then when you see her, that's not, stepmother has short hair. Like, this is a, this is a whole new bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely different person. I think that's what scared me. I was like, what? Because like, <laughs> you think the way that Unju was acting. Right. Yeah. Staring into the static of the TV. Mm -hmm. The way that she kind of creaked herself out of bed she's mm -hmm. like there he yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> i'm like okay so she's there's some there's something going on to where at night she's different yeah right no no <laughs> sumi breathes heavily drawing the attention of the woman and causing her to stop in her tracks she sits up and slowly turns her head toward her before suddenly floating in the air her neck bent at an unnatural angle reminds me of something yeah mm -hmm. She glides towards Sumi, who shrinks away from her. Finally, she floats right above her. A staticky score grows louder and louder as her hair parts, revealing a sliver of her face as she stares down at Sumi. Sumi looks up at her in horror and shifts her attention to the woman's legs as a thin trail of blood runs down, followed by a grasping hand falling down her leg from beneath her dress. We zoom in on the woman's face. Her eyes and mouth are suddenly red with blood. Sumi wakes up again, screaming this time. We got a classic double dream scenario. Yeah. Which, I gotta be honest, not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, but again here, I, I didn't mind it. 
Normally it's, I'm like, all right, man, like that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> One is fine. <laughs> yeah. It's effective. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what are you trying to tell yeah. me? <laughs> Brain? Brain? Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> what you, does this mean? Seriously. Yeah. Can you chill? Dude, yeah. You're really scaring me. <laughs> Too scary, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have some notes on that last yeah. stream. <laughs> but Sumi pants, trying to catch her breath. Downstairs, her father looks up at the sound of her scream. In her bed, Sumi inspects herself but finds herself to be clean of blood. Mu Hyun knocks on the door and lets himself in, asking if she's awake. Take out the garbage. (laughs) 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 She tells him that she is, but when he asks if he can come in, she tells him no. He offers for her to come downstairs and eat before leaving and closing the door behind him. Sumi gets up and opens the drapes, allowing the sunlight into the room before taking a long stretch. She looks up at her hand quizzically before returning to the bed. She pulls the blankets off of her sister to find that Suyan has started her period during the night, staining the white sheets in her gown with drops of blood. Was that what your dream was about? A period. Yeah. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Sumi sneaking past her sleeping stepmother into the master bedroom's adjoining bathroom. She takes pads from the tall stack in Unju's medicine cabinet, but when she tries to sneak back out, Unju is awake and asks what she's doing. It's like, man, we need pads, dude. Yeah. Like, God damn. Can I have a moment? Give me a yeah. break. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> she looks down at the pads in Sumi's hand and asks if she's having her period. Sumi tells her no, that Suyan is. Unju just laughs at this before somberly asking how they could all get their periods on the same day. Once again, mm-hmm. can't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, but we do be syncing up sometimes, yeah, not after being say. around each other for one day, but it it's possible for sure. But Sumi hurries up the stairs before stopping in her tracks. In the bathroom, she realizes that she too has joined the period club. In Sumi's bedroom, Suyan sits looking at the small circles of blood on the sheet. Sumi promptly comes in and strips the bed, and we cut to her sheets and one nightgown drying on the line outside. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny to me the amount of times rewatching the film that the director is like, "This is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, this is what's happening." <laughs> And we're just like, wow, man. Anyway, yeah. what's next? <laughs> yeah. Right. Never so, seen that coming. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. I was so shocked. No, no, yeah. it's not. It's not. <laughs> the sisters sit on the porch beneath Unju's bird in its cage. Well, it's two birds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sumi whistles a song. Suyan asks if that's their mom's favorite, and Sumi nods, continuing to whistle. She only stops when Suyan tries to whistle with her, but can't get a sound out. She laughs and tries to help her sister, but they're distracted when the birds above them grow louder and louder. The bird's like, no, do it like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm literally giving you a free lesson. She jokes, asking if they should kill it, but Suyan proposes that they set it free. They both smile at this, but Sumi says that Unju would freak out if they messed with her precious, and she would hate to see that. Suyan tries to whistle again with the same result, but they're both brought to silence when Mu Hyun steps out onto the porch. He's like, were you talking about killing that yeah. bird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been there the whole time listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Comes out of the shadows. <laughs> he calls Sumi's name and she sits up. Suyan is out of frame now as he speaks to his oldest daughter, asking what she's doing out here in the cold. 
He asks if she's okay, but Sumi asks if there's something wrong with her. He tells her that she doesn't look good and that she might be sick, but she insists firmly that she's all right. She asks him to get rid of the wardrobe in Suyan's room, but Mu Hyun reminds her that they agreed not to talk about that and that she promised. Firstly, very interesting discussion about this wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Secondly, very interesting framing. Yeah. Yeah. To just completely. It's just the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wardrobe, like where it's at, like Narnia, like where. <laughs> yeah, we like gotta get rid of that. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> where it's at. Is <laughs> this a conjuring kind of closet, or like what are we? It's, what are we talking about? <laughs> this made me think of Beck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> where it's at. <laughs> But he finally relents that he knows she's very angry with him and he knows he's a bad father. Sumi says that he's not even a bad father. But Suyan looks at her silently and Mu Hyun changes the subject, advising that they should go back inside because it's cold. Sumi just tells him that she will and he goes back inside. The score begins as Sumi and Suyan sit in silence. Later, Sumi walks down a path in the woods alone. She looks behind her suspiciously, and it is a very long and lingering shot of the path. Mm-hmm. But she continues until she comes to an old greenhouse that they're using for storage, I guess. Yeah. But she lets herself inside. Back on the porch, Suyan opens the birdcage and starts to reach her hand inside. But when she hears someone coming, she pulls her hand away. Let that bird live. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, did we settle on the setting it free of the kill? Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember where we landed I on that. Remember. I'm going to grab it just in case. Because yeah. <laughs> I know we need it. Either yeah. way, I need to grab this bird. <laughs> Sumi returns to the house with two cases, one large and one smaller. She brings them to her room, unzips her dress, and lets it fall to the floor, and returns to the cases wearing a red one. So that, the changing from the floral pattern Mm -hmm. to the red, very important. Yeah. Again. Inside of the little case, she finds photos, and she flips through them. There are several of her when she was little, played by Park Song Ai, and her mother, played by Park Mi Hyun. As the photos go on, there is one of her parents when they were young. She continues to flip to find a family portrait. Her, her parents, and her sister all sitting on the couch together. Was that the photo shown in the doctor's office? I think in a second, yes. Okay. Okay, because a lot of these, it was just one kid. Yeah, yeah, and when I, she was little. I, I, I'm I got assuming, confused for a second. <laughs> I think it was before Suyan was okay. born, because she was little. Yeah. But she smiles at the picture and then flips one more time. In this photo, the family sits together, posing on the couch, but behind Mu Hyun, standing primly in all white, is Eun Ju. That's the one that was at the office. And that is when I understood everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so there's the tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The smile drops from Sumi's face as she looks at this one. She flips through the photos angrily. Another photo, her mother sitting in a chair solemnly. Sumi and Suyan standing to her right, both looking very sad. Mu Hyun standing to her left with a comforting hand on her shoulder, but behind him, the only one smiling in the fucking photo, Unju. In the next, her father stands in his doctor's whites with colleagues. Behind him in a nursing uniform, Unju. Then a picture of just the two of them together in their whites. She flips through them furiously, only coming back to the moment when Suyan startles her by coming in and asking what she's doing. So Unju was their nurse. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. 
you hate to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got nothing to say. No. This yeah. is dastardly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. <laughs> well, the smile is. A, no, you haven't. Yeah. Unless we were talking about wacky racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was his name Dick Dastard? It was. Yeah. That's what. You that's got a, like Muttley with you or yeah. something. Yeah. That's well, a porn that's star name. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Represented. Yes. Every episode, <laughs> we laugh like Muttley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we fucking do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but yeah. I don't know how else to describe no. this oh, behavior. Yeah. And the no. smile was a little devious. It's yeah. too much. Why are you even in this picture? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. You take the picture. Why yeah. are you in this? No, yeah. It's like in, <laughs> in Ma. Oh, you're not going to be in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. You. It. It. It does, once that realization hits, you see the pictures, you keep going, and it's like, oh, fuck, you don't belong here. Trifling. Yeah. Unbelievable. But Suyon asks when she came in, and Sumi hides the pictures in the box. She brightens and goes to her sister. She pulls out a pair of their mother's old slippers and hands them to Suyon, along with a necklace of hers. Suyan takes them happily and snatches up a small photo of their mother. She recites a spell, saying that it's meant to bring her back to them. Sumi asks who taught her that, and Suyan tells her that their mother did. Sumi asks, what? But Suyan gives no further explanation, only asks if she can keep the picture. She starts to dig in the box, claiming more things for herself, but Sumi stops her. She notices something on her sister's arm and puts the box to the side. She inspects both of Suyan's arms, revealing a cut on one wrist and bruises on the other forearm. She asks who did this to her, demanding that Suyan tell her when she's silent. She assures her that she can tell her, but Suyan still refuses to speak. Sumi becomes angry, asking if she did this to her. When her sister remains silent, she begins yelling, reminding her that she told her to tell her everything. She grabs her sister and shakes her, yelling at her to tell her and asking if she did this. Finally, fed up, Suyan screams. She gathers her new possessions and leaves the room. There's never any confirmation. No. No. And Sue Me was kind of doing the uh, it was Rick it was Rick Marshall yeah. from, <laughs> no, from Zodiac. It's like listen, I didn't yeah. say that. No, I was gonna. I, that's that was my thought. I get it. That's your sister. I'd be very angry, of course. But maybe turn it down just a hair because Sue Young did not at all respond well to that. No, She's, she does not respond to the aggressive approach yeah. at all. Yeah, like, you're you're trying to get an answer to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, but in the process, you're scaring her. Yeah, exactly. And so let's, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's it's again um this idea of kind of maybe jumping to conclusions. Yeah, yeah. and where it can lead you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the bathroom, as he runs hot water in the sink, Mu Hyun replaces the blade on his razor and shaves. In the dining room, Unju sits calmly, snacking and reading a book, while Sumi sits across from her, staring. I don't know how she's just sitting there reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I did think that the father's reaction, because mm-hmm. you would think that hearing that screaming yeah. in the other room, he would go and check it out. Oh, yeah. He kind of just lets it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She finally asks Sumi what? Sumi asks how she can be so cruel, but her stepmother just says that it's retribution. If you disobey, you need to be punished. Sumi asks if her father knows what she did, but Unju slams her book closed. She tells her that if she thinks her father can solve everything, she can go get him. She even offers to do it herself. 
This is uh, if you had if you thought at all that this woman. I mean, this is the heel turn. Yeah. Scene well, I was upset. <laughs> she just lets it all hang out. Yeah. yeah. And I understand she's undergoing a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is way too far. It's, yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Some of the lines. Yeah. Sue Mi jumps to her feet, scraping the legs of her chair across the floor. Unju demands that she mind her manners and sit down. She asks if she was like this with her mother too, but Sumi tells her sternly not to bring up her mother. Unju tells her to listen carefully. She says that no matter how much she hates it, she is her mother. She's like, listen here, you little shit. Man. <laughs> she is the only person in this world that she can call mother. She tells her that crying over her mom's photos won't change anything. And if that's too hard for her to handle, then it's too bad because that's just how the world is. She says that the world isn't as sweet as she's picturing it. Sometimes you have to bear the worst and live on. She says, just like I'm bearing you two. That is hurt that hurt me a lot mm. i was like oh, what no no yeah sue me uppercut the shit out of literally her. Uh, uh. i i think it was the callousness of talking about her mother yeah and then yeah being like because i'm suffering you both yeah yeah the, the worst one, yeah the one two of it yeah no yeah that should have been like she should have just caught flight on her ass just like oh no <laughs> no, no, no i'm gonna no, i'm gonna light you up quick you say nothing i'm gonna shut t- your mouth i'm gonna tell you i don't <laughs> think that would have solved i bet she ain't gonna say that again well but they're gonna be in a lot of trouble <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be in a lot of trouble <laughs> But in the bathroom, as he's shaving, over the running water, Mu Hyun can hear the yelling. He turns the water off. Suddenly, at the table, Unju lowers her voice. Her face softens, and she asks, What? Why the hell did you even come here? She tells Sumi that she can't believe she said that to her again, and asks if she's not feeling well yet. Sumi just stares back at her in disbelief. Unju shakes her head and raises her teapot to refill her cup, but Sumi smacks her cup and her plate of cookies off of the table. They shatter onto the floor, and Unju just calmly sets the teapot back down. The timing of it did make me laugh as she did pour some of the tea still. (laughs) I was expecting a cup to be there. (laughs) You could have predicted that. Mu Hyun finally comes into the dining room to find the table empty. Suyeon watches from the stairs quietly, and Mu Hyun finds his older daughter sitting in the corner of the kitchen with her head buried. Unju is just gone. Mm-hmm. He reaches out to comfort her, but she tells him not to touch her. She stands up and walks past him. He follows her, and when he grabs her arm, she screams and pulls away from him. She turns on him, yelling at him to get off of her. He asks what's wrong, and she asks him if he's really that clueless. She tells him not to touch her with his filthy hands. He asks that she listen to him, but she continues, telling him that she doesn't want to hear what he has to say and that he's the same. He tells her it's not true and that she's misunderstanding things. He says that she's not accepting any of this, but Sumi asks why it's always her. Why is he only asking for her to understand? She asks if he really doesn't know, and he says, maybe not. He asks that she just tell him and get it off of her chest. But she asks him if it will change anything. He only pleads with her to please not do this. He warns her that she'll get sick again. Sumi is confused, but after a moment, she says, fine. She calmly tells him that from now on, anything that happens here, all the filthy things he brought here, he's responsible for everything. 
The phone begins to ring and just above a whisper, she tells him to go answer it because she has nothing else to say. She walks away. The drama's off the charts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Later, a car drives down the road at night. Inside are the aforementioned Sun Q, played by Wu Gi Hong, and his wife, Mi He, played by Lee Sang Bai. Back at the house, Unju, dressed in a red top, red skirt, bright red lipstick, scurries around the house, putting in a CD and watering her plants. Man. Hmm. I, like... I wanted to reach out and touch that CD in the player. <laughs> I had one like that when I was younger. Oh, like yeah? the whole, the EQ, the CD player, the cassette player was all in different like units and you had to put them all together into the main one. Ah, oh, man, I missed that shit. <laughs> then just CDs. I remember when CDs came out. That was a fucking time. <laughs> man. I, I remember something like that when we were a kid. CDs? We were we were two kids. Yeah, <laughs> when you, we were kids, no, not just CDs. Oh, no, like of course I remember CDs. I remember, <laughs> like, but we had like the EQ and all that stuff. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the fuck it was. No, it was magic. Yeah, <laughs> but, you see all the buttons and dials, and it's like, oh, what is this yeah. shit? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to comment on uh, the camera following Unju. Yes, and how it's selling her excitement. Mm-hmm. Because it is. This bitch is hyped. And I was like, the confrontation that you just had yeah. and the horrible fucking things that you said, the fact that you're like, la da 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 yeah. like, I was like, wow, you don't give a fuck. Like, you, yeah. what's wrong with you? I did notice, and it was uh, not just the one time, but um, her lipstick. Yeah. It's great. It is. Very red. Yeah. Enjoy the shit red. out of that. And you're, <laughs> yeah. but you think. Yeah interesting yeah. mm -hmm. um and the contrast of her excitement and the couple in that car yeah, yeah. they could not want to be here less <laughs> yeah Literally. well mu hyun lets the visitors in and unju beams at them but all three of them standing at the door like there's not a smile to be seen no at dinner mu hyun pours red wine as the food is served Next to him, Unju is talking a mile a minute. She asks if anyone remembers this. It's fuzzy, but she does think that it happened. Do you remember? She tells Sun Q that he jumped into the river to catch fish, and then he started to drown, and everyone had a fit. She laughs heartily at this, and no one else does. Still laughing, she says that there was another funny story. She asks Sun Q if he remembers that crazy guy that was usually normal, but he went crazy whenever it rained. She laughs as she says that if he was plowing the field the man would strip all of his clothes off and run into the street she continues laughing at this and again nobody else is she says that it was the funniest when it rained off and on because he would put his clothes back on and take them off until he got sick of it and just went into his house <laughs> she's living my fear right now <laughs> like, everybody's like oh yeah God. Like, pretty awkward yeah it's beyond She's laughing her ass off, remembering how everyone in the neighborhood used to laugh at that guy. And one time when Sun Q was little, he ran with the man, too. When their mother saw, she almost passed out. Still fucking laughing, <laughs> she asks if Sun Q remembers. He has literally turned away from her now and looks very upset. But she continues laughing and asking. Mihi looks uncomfortable and Mu Hyun sits next to his wife, holding his glass of wine and offering no expression. Whenever you're telling a story and part of your story is telling everyone that you're telling the story too, 
how hard everyone laughed back then. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the point where you realize it's not going as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not. As you would hope. Do you ever get halfway through telling a story and you're like, fuck, uh, this was only funny to me. This is only funny to me. That's the worst. And then you got to make something up. Yeah. And then like, uh, we, he turned into like a dolphin. They know he didn't. <laughs> You're not allowed to tell stories anymore. <laughs> but nobody here is reacting at all. No. There's no reaction. <laughs> a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> Cut her mic. <laughs> no, um, but I hate those moments. And I, again, this to me with my social awkwardness is when I felt for Unju. Yeah. yeah. Granted, she did some horrible shit a few scenes ago. Yeah. A scene ago. A scene ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people, uh, you know, we, we're, uh, we're all kinds of things, right? Sure. We're made of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we are, that is undeniable. A lot of it. And sometimes we're dolphins. <laughs> so. We turn into them. Oh, I'm sorry. Great but story. Only yes. the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Only when your story's going to shit. <laughs> but finally, Sun Q tells her that he doesn't remember. When she is in disbelief, he doubles down. Unju is deeply wounded by this, even having to sit back in her chair and catch her breath. She asks him why he doesn't remember. Is he crazy? She glares at him. Mihi continues to look uncomfortable, and Mu Hyun finally sets his glass down. The amount of discomfort, I was like, these carrots are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we break the tension? <laughs> Please. These carrots. <laughs> but I mean, th- uh, this is, I guess, her brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she is like devastated because yeah. he's like, no, I don't. Wh- what? I mean, she's like. Well, because clearly it's important to her. Yeah. And a great memory. Yeah. Well, not only that. Well, everyone was laughing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You remember. Well, even that, though, the way that he answers, it's like, what? Like, are are you being for real right now? Yeah. Because I know you, I know you remember that shit. You know, the way he answers is almost like that story is embarrassing to me. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't remember. But at least like, no, I don't remember that he's just like no yeah he's like no yeah, he like turned like, away st- from her yeah he's like stone faced he's like dude a nod or a like please shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> i have a very sincere question about the brother and his wife later on mm-hmm. um i'll ask it later because okay. i don't want to give anything away but um it's a very important question okay okay all right <laughs> <laughs> Silence descends on the table until Mihi breaks into a coughing fit. She struggles to breathe before finally falling off of her chair and hitting the floor. She seizes, screams, and struggles. Sun Q and Mu Hyun come over to try to help her, but she continues to unknowingly fight against them. Mu Hyun tries to offer her water, but she smacks the glass away, spilling it onto the floor. She claws at her throat, gasping for air. She continues to scream, her hand flopping against the floor. Her husband runs away and returns with pills, but she continues screaming and fighting, far too gone to take them. He forces them into her mouth, which do not do that. No. And tries to hold it closed, but Mihi turns her head to the side and vomits onto the floor. She gasps unsuccessfully for air, and her eyes fall past Unju's slippered feet as she stands in the kitchen, watching all of this happen. As Mihi turns her face up to look at her, still failing to take in air, Unju grabs at her own face and screams. 
this was a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know how to react. It honestly, and I gotta be honest, the way that we've seen Unju react with everything, mm-hmm. I thought she poisoned her. Me too. No, yeah. And that was my first thought. And then her scream seemed so feigned and not real. Yeah. Because I was like, she's having to pretend she's afraid because she knows what she did. But I'm that- like, is is she prone to seizures? Because they did have medicine for... I, it was just... It was very strange. Yeah. And it goes on for so long. It does. That was... The, and that was what we were talking about, about them, uh, the director forcing you into. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm like, can we... I want to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see forever. a movie at 8.15. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to die. I was so glad that she didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was very concerned mm-hmm. with the way that this was going. But I think that too, that... Because I thought the same thing and that was... I was like, you're not really scared. You're screaming because you need to act like like you're worried or something's wrong. Yeah. You're probably enjoying this shit. <laughs> Enjoy- well, it, well, I thought say, I thought she poisoned her too. Me too. I was like, she should be doing Mr. Burns fingers. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> well, because we just heard her whole fucking speech earlier. Yeah. So I was like. The fact that they immediately jumped in to try to help me and, and then, she just yeah. retreated into the kitchen and was watching. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I mean, I don't know. I know that everybody reacts to things differently, but that was strange. Right. But later, Mu Hyun watches from the porch as Sun Q puts his wife into the car. She did survive. Yes. As he drives home, he apologizes. He didn't even want to go to dinner, but Mu Hyun had begged him to and he gave in. So again, that's completely different. Yeah. Than Unju saying, I invited him for dinner. Wh- what? Yeah. Like, conflicting. Mihi tells him that she saw something strange in the house. There was a girl under the kitchen sink. For just a second, we flash back, seeing through Mihi's eyes as Unju stands screaming in the kitchen. By her feet, underneath the kitchen sink, the dark and bloody figure of a girl in a green dress hides. Okay, so two things here Mm -hmm. that are kind of conflicting for me personally. Okay. Number one. I love seeing the fear in her eyes in the first showing of the scene. Yeah. And then revealing later what she saw. Why? Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. But the second thing, this is where we begin something that I feel like we're doing too much. Okay. Because I don't... The element of this house also potentially being haunted. Yeah. It's interesting to (laughs) me, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. not so much... Literally. Legitimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so her seeing something, you're not even part of this really. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing is I feel like it could have been very um ambiguous. Yes. Um, as to whether this aspect of it, you know, again, we'll get into it better later. Uh-huh. But if this aspect was actually happening or if it was metaphorical or even, you know, an extension of something else that's going on. But yeah, me, he is not involved no so if this were not real she wouldn't have seen it and that's where so I, that makes it real that's yeah. what kind of bothers me a little bit if you because you have um sumi's nightmare yeah that's totally fine with me yeah right but then when we get into this where we're actually seeing shit i don't know yeah because even when i finished it i was like so was that and then i'm like no because yeah. that this wouldn't have happened but you know and it, it becomes even more later yeah yeah i I, I I think I would agree with that because this was a little confusing for me because, like you said, 
this so we're haunted now or we're like <laughs> i don't like and I, I i wouldn't even mind on the cool honestly okay the lady you know she she's seen the ghost uh the sister-in-law okay she's seen the ghost uh under the sink but where where did that come from and i think to me it makes way more sense if um unju sees it yeah yeah or no, 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 yeah. sue me anybody in the house anybody yeah. in the house Almost. yeah not the father but not the father yeah <laughs> but yeah the fact that that just makes it real yeah the fact that it was me he that saw it makes right. it real and it, it just feels like i mean i think what we have here is more than enough yeah to where we maybe don't need this at all i mean it's a lot <laughs> no yeah okay no it's yeah I'll, I'll give you that so that's that was what i was hinting at, yeah. at the beginning right and i'll detail it even more later okay but back at home, Unju sits at the table quietly as Mu Hyun picks up the food from the floor. He tells her to go to bed before promptly leaving the room. I'm surprised he wasn't like, that was a lot. You can clean this up tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a dick. Well, you've been through right. a lot. We'll, just <laughs> we'll let you clean this up tomorrow. Take five and then come back and clean this <laughs> I was very glad that he was cleaning it. He yeah. was cleaning it, but the way that he was like, go to bed and then just walked out was cold. Like, yeah, because he Who didn't talks finish. to your wife like that? Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just would have walked out. <laughs> Shut off the lights. Yeah. Unju sits for a moment before letting her attention drift over to the kitchen sink when she hears something. She stares as the cabinet slowly opens on its own. Unju approaches it cautiously, opening the cabinet wider so that she can peer inside. When she doesn't see anything, she closes it. She looks beneath it, underneath the sink where Mihi saw what she saw. Mm -hmm. I will say the sound design of that cabinet. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's like it's literally from like a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she lowers herself down to the ground and peers into the darkness. When she lifts her head up, there's suddenly a girl sitting in a green dress at the dining room table behind her. Her head is lowered and her long hair falls over her face. Unju is stricken with fear as she slowly turns her head to look at the table, but there's no one there. When she looked at the table, I realized that my jaw had been clenched the entire yeah. time. No, it's so th I'm describing this in a kind of conversational pace. Mm -hmm. This takes so long. It does. It unfolds so slowly and suspensefully that it is. I mean, it's agonizing. Mm hmm. I wrote, this film does for sinks what Psycho did for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but still on the floor of the kitchen, there is suddenly a broken piece of a hair clip sitting in front of Unju. She reaches for it, but just as she picks it up, a decayed hand reaches out from underneath the sink and grabs her wrist. Unju screams and tries to crawl away, but as soon as she turns around, she comes right up against the green dress. So you pissed something. Something's uh -huh. pissed off or something's going on. Yes. And it's all it's all real. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's confirmed. Yes. This, but this is that's this is good. All that happens right here, because even like I said, I'm not much of the slow burn guy. But even watching this, I was like, I know what's going to happen or I know whatever. But it was funny because I still did get a tiny little tingle, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in one of my nipples or something. I was like, oh, Just man. <laughs> well, you know, it was, a t it was tiny, tiny scared, like baby scared. Why there? Uh, yeah. so <laughs> I just don't get the placement. Well, all right, from one of my arms. <laughs> the placement? <laughs> your hair can't it's stand a, up or your fucking no, no, goose bumps? <laughs> it usually just lays down. Right? All right. <laughs> all right. Um, 
I, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> the spirit. I get the point, yes. yes. The core of your right, thing. Right. Um no. no. <laughs> um <laughs> but what I what I think for me is that this moment works perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's the moment with the sister in law that takes me out. Right. Yeah. Because if you had this then it still makes sense. Right. Yeah. I I I uh I respect that. What, okay. I get that. What if what if it was uh the sister-in-law saying, "Why I think I saw something under the sink." And what it was was just the reflection of the broken piece of the hair clip. But when Unjuv goes, then she does see something. The whole thing. Right, because it like you said it means something to them. Yes. It means nothing to the brother and the sister-in-law. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. But it's her seeing the girl. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. too much. Yeah. No, I I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. Later, Mu Hyun gives her pills as she sits in bed. She asks him to stay with her, but he just asks, what for? Yeah, I was like, geez, man. She tells him that it's strange. Ever since the girls have come back, strange things have been happening in the house. He tells her not to say stupid things. She asks him if he didn't see it, but he just says that she's having a hard time adjusting and needs to rest. Unju is not trying to hear it, though, and she asserts that there is something in this house. Mu Hyun promises her that he'll take a look around if she'll get some rest. And then <laughs> I didn't know we would have already. <laughs> I put and then the Einsteins. Are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does. That's great. And then and even that she's trying to ask him for help. And he's like, whatever. Yeah. Go to bad yeah. dude like things are too spicy for the pepper <laughs> like we as shut no, up yeah get out of here but poor Unju, she's like don't leave me yeah. alone with him <laughs> and he's just like 99 yeah. <laughs> shuts off the light <laughs> we see Mu hyun standing in the kitchen facing the sink alone in her bedroom now unju paces in front of her bright red wardrobe hmm giallo no. Hey. She stops when she hears <laughs> the floorboards creaking. Mu Hyun is not in the kitchen anymore, but walking through the house. He comes to Unju's bird cage, covered so that the bird can sleep. He slowly lifts the cover and finds the inside of the cage to be bloody and the bird to be motionless on its side, dead. He looks shocked as he slides the cover back down. He picks up the cage and takes it out of the room. But as he leaves, we see that Unju was in the shadows watching everything. Yeah. And look, again, we all knew this bird wasn't long for this world. Yeah. yeah. But it's still shocking because you're like, well, how long has this been? Because we saw the younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. Reach in. Mm-hmm. As the, this bird. I don't know. A wing like that. <laughs> a wing like that, indeed. But we immediately cut to Unju trying to open a door, but it's locked. She twists the handle and bangs on it, yelling at whoever is inside to open up, but no one does. First, I thought she was banging on the door of his office, uh -huh. yeah. but she's not. She calls them brats as she walks away and searches through drawers. Finally, she finds a key ring and lets herself into Suyan's room. Suyan is asleep in her bed and Unju starts toward her, but stops when she sees the stack of photos. She is immediately incensed and goes through the baby pictures and pictures of the girl's mother, but she stops on the photo of their mother and Mu Hyun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is 
seething. She finally starts flipping through them again, past the family photo of them sitting on the couch, and comes to the one where she stood behind her future husband. She has been ripped out of the photo. I gotta be honest, whenever, because we already knew she had seen sue me looking at these yeah and so we already knew that she knew what they were all this stuff i as she picked them i was like now what are you gonna find that wasn't oh (laughs) 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 that's exactly it okay very good (laughs) she finds the one of muhyun posing with his colleagues again she's been ripped out of the photo on the table are the discarded pieces with her faces on them and to add insult to injury her face has been scratched out of them not good enough for you to be ripped out but now you yeah, don't got a yeah. face anymore. <laughs> I need you to know exactly how much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, earlier too, when she was calling him brats, whatever. But you found the keys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but again, why do you need it? She's in there asleep. No, I know. Well, because a, a bird died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why. I guess. <laughs> But this is the line for Unju. She rips the blankets from Suyan. Suyan wakes up afraid and her stepmother coldly tells her to get out of bed. When Suyan doesn't answer, she screams it at her. Suyan still doesn't move and Unju starts to climb onto the bed and get her, but stops when she feels something beneath the blanket. She pulls the blanket aside to reveal another dead bird. At that point, I was like, so you just got a taste for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you just you just love killing birds. Just the birds. Just the birds. (laughs) Well, Suyan looks confused, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I left that there. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was the ghost? Well, well, we don't. And I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just it's 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 not good. No, not a good look to be caught. No, no, (laughs) not at all. Unju attacks Suyan. <laughs> kind of, yeah. She scalds herself. <laughs> when her stepdaughter scratches to defend herself, she only attacks her harder, pulling her off the bed and dragging her across the floor. Suyan tries to hold herself back, but ends up just pulling the lamp over and dragging it with them. Unju yells that the damn house won't leave her alone. Suyan's dolls watch as Unju continues dragging her to the wardrobe and demanding to know who did it. Suyan screams at the side of the wardrobe but will not answer her. Unju forces her inside of it, asking if it was her sister that did it. She asserts that they both need to learn a lesson. Her saying that line like that, it feels almost sarcastic. Yeah. And so with what I was starting to suspect in this film i thought it was and it's not mm. yeah so it's you know it's again they're toying with you mm-hmm. yeah and audience expectations i will say what is about to happen it that's it's that's just that's torture literally that's horrible yeah yeah it's abuse it's yeah. torture i i was in shock for uh <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah wow you it's like i where is anybody else at that's the question. Where is right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Suyan inside of the wardrobe, Unju stomps away, only to come back with the photos. She throws them into her stepdaughter's face before promptly slamming the door. She holds it shut as Suyan screams and struggles inside. The theme begins, and she asks if Suyan feels better after looking at her dead mother's things and if finding the photos made her happy. She takes a key and locks the wardrobe shut. 
Suyan continues to scream and bang on the door from the inside as Unju paces the room. She tells Suyan to tell her that she's sorry because she's not coming out until she does. Suyan stops banging on the door and screaming, but she is still sobbing inside the wardrobe. Unju tells her that it won't do any good to cry and that she needs to say she's sorry and beg for forgiveness. Suyan finally tells her that she is sorry. Unju makes her repeat it, telling her to say it properly, and Suyan does. Her stepmother finally opens the door. She asks her if she's really admitting that she's sorry. Suyan sniffles and sobs as Unju yells at her to stop her crying because she doesn't want to hear it. She asks if she's crying because she's mad at her. No, I'm crying because of what just happened yeah, to me. Yeah, you're torturing me, and also I'm not happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> When Suyan doesn't answer, Unju proposes that they'll see how long she can hold up then. She slams the door and locks it again, saying that it will put some sense into the two sisters. Suyan screams inside of the wardrobe. In her room, asleep in her bed, Sumi drops something from her hand at the sound of the thud elsewhere in the house. The clattering on the floor wakes her up, and she walks past it. The framed photo of her, Suyan, and their mother when the girls were little. Was this what... Suyan took because she did take a little f- tiny framed photo oh maybe I don't know if this yeah. is the same one but she drops it and it wakes her up she goes out into the hallway just in time to see Unju's shadow making its way down the stairs she rushes to Suyan's room and looks around the bed is in disarray and the lamp is pulled out and overturned in the middle of the floor as Unju makes her way down the hall downstairs Sumi cautiously approaches the wardrobe she calls out to her sister and opens the door, screaming her name. Unju hears this and turns to look behind her. In the wardrobe, Sumi sobs as she cradles her sister, apologizing for not hearing her. She vows to her that this will never happen again. Suyan says nothing, only looks over her sister's shoulder as she holds her. An incredibly important moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, words spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actions and location. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Outside, Mu Hyun digs a small grave for the slain bird. He packs earth over it and looks back at the house in time to see a shadow watching him from the window. When he comes back into the house, he sees Su Mi and Su Yan sitting together waiting for him. He looks down at the ripped up photos with Unju's face scratched out of them. He looks up at Su Mi and pleads with her to tell him why she's doing this and why she's been acting so weird since she got here. Su Mi asks him if he really doesn't know what that woman is doing to them. Mu Hyun raises his voice, begging his daughter to just tell him what Unju has done. Su Mi yells that Unju keeps harassing Su Yan. Mu Hyun is taken aback by this and asks, What? Sumi unloads as her sister watches tearfully. She calls Unju vicious and evil and says that she locks Suyan in the wardrobe. Mu Hyun begs her to stop it, but Sumi asks him, Stop what? She says that he already knows that Suyan is afraid of their stepmother. She turns to her sister and begs her to tell their father what's been going on. She pulls at Suyan's arm, screaming at her to tell him, but she won't. Finally, their father yells at Sumi to stop. The screaming stops and Mu Hyun drops the bomb. Su Yan is dead. Both sisters look at him confused. Mu Hyun repeats himself. Su Yan is dead. So pull yourself together. Su Mi begins to sob and Mu Hyun asks just how long she's planning on keeping this up. 
Sumi turns to her sister and assures her that it's not true. We watch Suyan taking this all in, looking back and forth between her sister and her father. Suddenly, she screams. Sumi continues to shake her head and deny this as Suyan continues to scream, backing away from them. In these kinds of plot twist situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. usually the camera will pan over and the person's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. To see Suyan react to this news was one of the most frightening things I've ever seen. It really was. And tragic. It's it's devastating. Yeah. And I went the first time I watched this, I called it I called this early on. Yes. Because of a lot of the framing and a lot like sometimes even especially when you rewatch it sometimes the the prints of her clothes are the same as the walls so yeah, she's like yeah. blending into the scenery and that was intentional i mean it, it i was i kind of guessed it but i kept going back to but no unju was talking to her at the table she was talking to her at the table that's she greeted when, them both when they came in i was like what what the fuck and that's when i realized that there was more to come yeah yeah because if now, if the critic had walked out at that point, yeah, then yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But what we have so far, yeah, and what is to come, mm-hmm. it all works. Yes. Right. Uh this I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh it's like, don't do don't do this to me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> like I I I had forgot, honestly. Uh-huh. And I did, yeah, watching it, it's like, okay, I do start to remember. Like I said, I did start to remember certain things. But once I got to this, I was like, God, I was like, man, I was like, that's tough. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that um, this twist has become kind of overdone, yeah. yeah, as we've said. And so we are looking for those clues throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you have that framing of Miu Hyun coming out and saying, uh, why are you out here? Exactly. Yeah. You're cold. They're at the dock and mm-hmm. he's like, sue me. They yeah. own, they've only, or he, excuse me, has only spoken to her. Right. Yeah. He's not acknowledged his younger daughter at all. So yeah. that obviously sticks in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then to have so much of the movie left to go and have yes. this plot twist. Right. I will say that the shaky camera around Suyan was me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah. no way. <laughs> You're like the caveman SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> but we see a shot of the moon and the wind whipping through the field outside before going back inside to Moo Hyun's office. He's on the phone telling the person on the other end to come over tomorrow because he can't do this alone. He tells them that she's getting worse. He says to call when they arrive and he'll go and pick them up. I know it was a little bit ago, but the shot of the moon was amazing. It was. Yeah. We, I'm a sucker we love that for here. Yeah. 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 It's not just for werewolf movies. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the next morning, Unju drags a heavy bloodstained bag across the floor. She stops and goes into the next room only to return shortly with a stick. She beats the bag hard. Suddenly, we get disjointed images of a younger Sumi turning in response to hearing something, something large falling over, a shattered photo of a girl in a familiar looking green dress and a hand flopping on the floor. Sumi wakes up screaming. So from this, with the little montage of different quick cut clips, Mm -hmm. we are to assume that the bag also was part of this nightmare, right? Yeah. Right. This is where my confusion starts. Yeah. Yeah. But Int- intensifies. Inten- yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's there just you in go. parentheses. Yeah. Confusion intensifies. Yeah. Um, and it does. But again, this is explained. Yeah. But in the moment, 
It's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. When Sumi catches her breath and sits up in bed, she notices that a note has been slipped under her door. She reads it. Sumi, I'm going out. I'll be back this afternoon. Make sure you lock up. Sumi goes to her sister's room and bangs on the door, calling out for Suyan. When she tries to open the door, she's shocked to find that it's been nailed shut. We follow her through the house and swirl around her as she searches. She hears Suyan call out to her and goes running. The music is manic and chaotic, but suddenly stops when she rounds a corner. She backs back into view, and before her is a dark trail of blood from where the bag had been dragged. When I saw that the blood trail was real, yeah, yeah. I told myself, I said, I'm going to need somebody to put a tape into a small mini cassette player and hear a voice say, hello, Zep. <laughs> um, I, I need that James Wan style yeah. of a, an explain something, yeah. something. of this twist, please. What is that? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm this. So this is real. Yes. Right. What we're seeing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not part of the nightmare. Right. right. But it it did I'm like, okay, so where's the bag? Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? What's in the bag? <laughs> What's in the bag? <laughs> she follows the trail slowly until she comes upon the bag, bloody and abandoned. Sumi sinks down to the ground and reaches out to touch it. As soon as her hand grazes it, she whispers her sister's name. Suddenly, she frantically tries to untie the bag, struggling with the multiple ropes used to hold it closed. She screams in frustration before giving up and finally running to the kitchen to get a knife. She searches through the drawers, stopping only momentarily when a tea kettle begins to whistle on the stove. I Okay, I had two thoughts here. One, who the fuck is making tea right now? <laughs> yeah, who did that? How who did that? Like, with everything's going on. And if Unju was dragging that bag earlier, she's like, ooh, I need a tea break. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's earned hot it. Tea. It's yeah. Yeah. Hot, hot tea. Hot tea. Hard work. No, finish your murder or whatever you're yeah. doing. Um, and the tea second, after. <laughs> yeah, prioritize. Uh, the second thing, though, was whenever uh, she's trying to untie the bag. Yeah. I don't know why, but I caught myself holding my breath. Yeah. As if I was in the bag. Well, well yeah. I mean, it's tense. You're it's, like, come on, open the bag, get the bag open. Yes. yes. And yeah. you, she just can't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> I can't breathe in here. <laughs> I don't know why you put yourself in the bag. I don't bag. know either. <laughs> it's too immersive. <laughs> Submersion. Yeah. But in another room, Unju gulps down a glass of water just to tide her over till her tea's ready again. <laughs> I was thirsty. <laughs> it's hard work. Yes. The bag looks heavy. <laughs> Sumi searches the entire kitchen but is unable to find a knife. Before she can leave, she gets a flash of herself taking a pill at the dinner table. Herself beating the bloody bag. She shakes her head to steady herself and goes back into the hallway, but the bag is gone. The trail of blood continues. There was a very interesting edit that they did in that Speak video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they showed the way that Sumi was shaking her head to get those cobwebs out right then. Mm-hmm. And the exact same way that Sue Young was shaking her head when they first got to the bedroom at the beginning oh. of the film. Oh, okay. And so it was kind of this connection. Yeah. Same mannerisms. And it kind of helps to even explain even more. Yeah. yeah. How early they were planting those seeds. All mm. right. All right. But she follows the trail to a linen cabinet. After carefully opening the door, she finds the bag inside, the blood soaking into white blankets underneath it. When she reaches out toward it, the bag moves on its own, causing Sumi to scream. 
The kettle on the stove screams in return until Unju, looking a little chaotic, wipes the blood from her hands and takes it off the burner. When I saw the blood on her hands, I, I wrote in my notes, I said, so all of that happened, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Because well, you know? yeah. there's just so much confusion. After grabbing a pair of scissors from a drawer, Sumi snips the ropes holding the bag closed. She whispers her sister's name as she frantically starts to open it, but she freezes when Unju enters the room behind her, holding the steaming kettle. She tells Sumi as she advances on her that she's sick and tired of her family and that they all make her sick. Sumi starts to pull away from her, but when Unju starts to bring the kettle down on her, she hits her stepmother with the door to the cabinet. Unju drops the kettle, burning her own arm in the process. Thinking fast, when Unju advances on her again, Sumi stabs her hand through with the scissors. She drops them in fear when, screaming in pain, Unju attacks her again. They crash into a medicine cabinet, and a container of curved needles falls onto the ground, and Unju falls right on top of them as they spill out onto the floor. I gotta be honest, every, I winced at a lot of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're, oh. fuck, they're fucking each other <laughs> up. Man, I, I'm glad she stabbed her in the hand, though. She's, yeah. You know, <laughs> not so fast, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? she had it coming. <laughs> did you? Did you? Well, she was going to burn her with the tea. I was going to say, did you yeah. set that water it's for like, tea how about a spot for of me? Tea? And like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's horrible. But. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I get mean, it. I get it. I get it. You got to defend yourself. And, you have to. In times of crisis. Yeah. No. <laughs> When Sumi tries to run from the room, Unju grabs her leg. Sumi falls, hitting her head on a shelf on her way down, and she is knocked out. Later, Unju drags Sumi through the trail of blood in the hallway. Exhausted, she shoves Sumi to the side, and she stays in a heap on the floor. Later still, Sumi wakes up, still on the floor. She watches the trail of blood disappear before her very eyes, before she slips back into unconsciousness. This is when I'm like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> what was that last thing you did? R rewind the tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a moment, we see Unju struggling as she drags a statue of a person covering their face with both hands. What the interesting um, symbolism of covering your own eyes, yeah. you know, because yeah. maybe you don't want to see what's really happening. Also, I was like, why is that statue me right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> When Sumi wakes up again, Unju is over her, still panting from exertion. She asks Sumi what the hell made them get to this point, and she asks her if she gets it yet. She asks if she remembers when she told Sumi that she would regret it someday. She tells her that what's really scary is when you want to forget something and totally wipe it out of your mind, it won't go away. She tells her that it never goes away. It follows you around like a ghost. Sumi quietly asks her for help, but Unju just sighs deeply. After a moment, she tells her that she will help her and proposes that they just end it here. She goes back to dragging the statue over to where Sumi lies in the hallway. Struggling, she holds it over her, and Sumi offers no reaction. Unju grunts as she raises the statue above her head, but before she can bring it down, the front door opens and Mu Hyun steps inside. There is a sound of shattering, but when he looks around, he finds his daughter still lying in the hallway with the statue shattered around her. Unju is gone. So once again, 
So maybe all of that happened. Maybe I'm yeah, still. Yeah. I... Well, this is two altercations now between the two of them. That as soon as Mu Hyun can intervene, done. Unju is gone. Yeah. And it's just you know, Sumi and and some vulnerable state sitting in the kitchen or laying on the or whatever. Yeah. That's twice now. <laughs> I thought she was just too quick. Got out of there. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> she's a pew. Yeah. She's like fucking. She's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> she is the knight. <laughs> He picks her up and lies her down on a couch. She just stares at him wordlessly. He looks at his hand, realizing that the blood that has transferred onto it is from a wound in Sumi's hand, which is interesting because I didn't remember her getting a wound in her hand. Hmm. You know what? I just assumed a piece of that statue (laughs) 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 cut her poor little hand. (laughs) But here we are. You know? Yes. Interesting. Just saying. He goes into the other room and takes a bottle of pills from the medicine cabinet, looking confused at the shattered glass. On his way back to Sumi, he looks at the bag inside of the linen closet. It's not bloody, and there's a broken porcelain doll peeking out of it. So I got to be honest, at this point, I might have been a little pissed off <laughs> because I'm like, really? We're bored. That's really. Yeah. It's not. What, are you mad because it was a doll? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly would have rather it had been nothing. <laughs> well, it has to be something. Like yeah. some pillows or something? Or? That's better. <laughs> Why is that better? Because it's at least like a, a person can curl up into a pillow size. Yeah. <laughs> that's more believable to me i was i mean i got it but i was still kind of confused i'm mean, yeah so what's, yeah. what is like what what's real now for sure yeah. what's Seriously. happening Into a pillow well, i mean well, he's not wrong i can't look i can't be a doll I just, yeah I, right that can't happen but i could be a pillow right if you get enough pillows <laughs> yes i mean oh look if people can use pillows to convincingly show their parents Sneak that they've out. snuck out <laughs> yeah. or that they haven't snuck out <laughs> well honestly come on let's be honest it's not convincing it but doesn't look like a human no. i don't know the doll it was a bit much <laughs> <laughs> but when he goes back to the couch unju sits on it instead of sue me and i i was like did he go into another room I paused it and looked at the fabric on the couch from when he dropped her off to... I'm like, no, that's the same room. Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. Unju asks where Sumi is, and he asks her to please stop because he's sick of it now. She looks at him tearfully as he gives her medication and tells her that she'll feel much better once she takes it. When they hear a noise from further in the house, they both look up toward it before exchanging a look between them. Unju stays on the couch, looking frightened, and Mu Hyun leaves the room, closing the door behind him. She listens to the sound of his footfalls and a door opening and closing. When the door to the room slides open again, Unju gasps in shock. The camera pans up as someone enters the room and the music intensifies. The person comes toward Unju and she looks terrified. The camera spins around her to reveal that the person that Unju is looking at is Unju. The camera spins around the Unju in the doorway as she softly says, Sue me? We see that the person sitting on the couch is now Sue me. She stares at Unju, tears streaking her face. And Call Unju Ranch because she be dressing. Yes. This bitch is put together. She's in a fucking suit. This is not the woman that was just fighting her in the hallway. Mm-hmm. No. Looking disheveled and, and bloody and whatever else. So nothing really happened. I'm So to my understanding, this entire time it's just been Mu Hyun and Sumi at this house. Yes. 
That's what I didn't remember. That's yeah. what I didn't get either. No, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, so I'm not a complete idiot. No, if we all I, thought the same no, thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> a little bit. Dude, no, no yeah. you're not at all, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was. I thought that maybe some of the interactions between the two of them, we were seeing through Sumi's eyes, and they, they didn't exactly happen that way. Uh-huh. But I did not realize that she was never there. That's who Mu Hyun has been talking on the phone with, saying, no, don't come. She's not ready. She's not okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what I thought was happening whenever um, she threw Soo Hyung into the wardrobe yeah. is when I thought that she was being fed up with the fact that Soo Hyun didn't exist. And mm. Sumi kept insisting that she did. And that's why she was like, you and your sister can sort this out or whatever. Yeah. I thought she was being sarcastic in saying that. The fact yeah. is, she was never saying any of that. Nope. Yeah. That was all Sumi. Nope. Yeah. And so it's it, it recontextualizes everything. Everything. This is why at this point when this shoe drops. Yeah. I need to watch this again. Yes. And um, also the moments of... um. Muhyun acting strangely. Yeah. yeah. That's not his wife. It's not. No, yeah. Why is she in his bed? Why? I mean, all of it, it makes so much sense where he's like, okay, I'll lay with her until she goes to sleep. Then I'll go sleep in my, like, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. that you're watching your daughter do all of this. And he's like, please stop, stop, yeah, stop. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, oh, <laughs> I think the only thing that, that, and this is where I said I was going to bring it up again. Right. Was that really? Unju's brother and sister-in-law? Yeah. Okay, so I have my own theory about that, but we'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, cuz Yeah. Good question. Yeah, cuz I'm like question. are these just people? Yeah. No, I I I don't think so. Okay. Because he even said on the phone to Unju, the real one. Yeah. Yes. That her brother was coming or whatever. I I think that he did beg them to come, and I think that there's a reason that he begged them to come. Okay. Um and I think that Sumi put on some fucking red lipstick and acted unbelievably. Yeah. And that's why they're looking at her like, and Muhyun is just fucking checked out, you yeah. know? Okay. But we'll, um, I, I, we'll, we'll see. Because to me, I was like, I would not involve her actual brother in this. Yeah. Uh, Unju's? Yeah. No, but, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, let's we'll keep talk. going. Let's keep going. But Sumi stares at Unju, tears streaking her face. We see Sumi dragging the bag down the hallway. There is no blood. She beats the bag with a stick, but it is only full of dolls, which are not human size. <laughs> <laughs> As she sits on the couch, realization dawns on her. She remembers Unju telling her, don't you get it yet? Her father telling her that she's having a hard time adjusting and that she promised not to bring up the wardrobe. Unju telling her that she's sick and asking how they got their periods on the same day. We see Mu Hyun telling her again that Suyan is dead. And this time, Suyan is not in the room with them crying and screaming. Sun Q sits at the table next to his wife and says, No, I don't remember. So she's just talking she's yeah. just making shit up mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe this is something that happened to her and sue young maybe you know yeah but that's not her brother they have no childhood memories together yeah like i get it i get no, why you're acting like that yeah now it makes sense to like oh you all the story or whatever yes you're it's just gibberish yeah 
That's why he was like, what? The He's fuck? turned away from yeah. her. He, I mean, it it makes sense. And it's why he didn't want to come in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. He's not coming to see his sister. No, no he's not. Yeah. But we see Sumi snapping the beloved bird's neck. We see her sitting at the table and taking pills with a glass of water. She sits in the mirror, removing her lipstick. Outside, we see her as she actually arrived to the house. She is alone when she gets out of the car and alone as she looks around and up at the house. Now back in the room, Unju and Mu Hyun stand in front of her. She looks down at the pills in her hand and brings them into her mouth. She swallows them as they watch her and the bottle of pills rolls across the carpet. This is our hello, Zep. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Is yeah, what you want. I appreciate it. At the hospital, Unju waits on a bench as Mu Hyun talks to the doctor and nurse. She goes into the room and sits next to Sumi on her bed. She gently asks her if she's okay, but Sumi doesn't answer. Unju strokes her hair and assures her that it's all over now and she'll feel better here. She softly advises her to get some rest and promises that she'll visit often. She tells her to take good care of herself and tries to leave, but Sumi grabs her hand before she can go. Mu Hyun watches this from the doorway as Unju asks her to let go and struggles to pry her hand off. When she finally wrenches herself free, she leaves without another word. During all of this, Sumi's blank expression does not change. Was it odd that Mu Hyun didn't help her at all? I think he's just, I think he's checked out. I, I, mean, I just thought it was strange because she latched on for a while. She wouldn't let go. He's like, yeah, she'll grab you. <laughs> she does that. <laughs> it's like, do something. She'll grab you. <laughs> well, There's she one thing Sumi's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to grab you. <laughs> He's got to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> On the car ride home, Mu Hyun and Unju sit in silence. Back at the hospital, Sumi sits alone and the calming theme plays as we slip into a flashback. Mu Hyun pulls up to the house and Su Mi and Su Yan are in the front yard. They are younger and swinging on their swing set, but they stop when the car parks and their father gets out with Un Ju. I say younger. They're not like little. Yeah. They're still about the same age, but like their hair is different and stuff. <laughs> the time has passed. Yes. <laughs> their mother watches from her window upstairs, scratching at the arm of the chair. Unju happily goes inside and Mu Hyun pauses for a moment, staring at his daughters as they stare back at him before following Unju into the house. Su Mi looks at Su Yan, but her sister only looks down at the ground, visibly upset. But the way that Mu Hyun and Unju get out of the car, it's like a couple coming home. Yep. Yeah. Like from the grocery store. And no, that's yeah, why they're yeah. looking at him like, are you fucking serious, dad? Yeah. Like, yeah. At the house now, Unju sits at the dining room table in the dark, and she holds her face in her hands. Back in the flashback, Sumi angrily gets up and leaves the dining room, storming past Sun Q and Mi He. Now, I have I have no evidence to support this. This is something I've come to on my own, so it may be way off. But what we're about to see happened this day mm -hmm. in the flashback. In my mind. Maybe because Sumi is not accepting what has happened. Maybe Mu Hyun thought that if he brought them back and they all sat at the table like they were that day. Okay. Maybe she would remember what happened. Maybe something would come back. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's way off, but I don't know why else he would beg him to come. I think that makes a lot of sense and I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Because I thought simply the involvement of her brother mm -hmm. was kind of cruel. 
I agree. And I didn't understand why he would do that until it flashed back. And he was there. He's there. Even when the thing that we're about to describe happens, her brother was there. He was yeah. there the whole time. So I don't know if maybe he wanted him to be like, what are you talking? And huh. he just didn't. Or maybe he was trying to jog her memory. I don't know. But he was there that day. I don't think that that is not connected to him begging him to come back. Okay. I can get that. Yeah. All right. All right. But Mu Hyun runs after Sumi when she runs away. Suyeon looks sadly at Unju, who glares back at her. The music begins again as she snatches the spoon from Suyeon's hand. Suyeon gets up without a word and pours her soup into the sink as Unju watches. She's wearing a familiar-looking clip in her hair. Mm-hmm. And this, I thought back to when Sumi stormed off at dinner that first night, and Unju was like, "Aren't you supposed to follow her?" So I'm like, in her mind, is she trying to do this over? Yeah. Because that's what it seems like to me. Well, there's a definite moment of trying to do it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Like you're like you're not following. You're supposed to get up and leave after she does. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and one thing I will say is her snatching the soup and pouring it down the drain. I guess Unju was mean. She was mean. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the thing, too, is when uh, she finally comes and we see that that wasn't her and whatever. I'm like, this poor woman yes. has become like a scapegoat in Sumi's mind yeah, yeah. of like this, you know, representation of everything bad. And she's like, I hope you feel better. Like, it, I'm like, God damn, she's not even mean. No. <laughs> and honestly, until we saw the flashback with them coming back, I thought that maybe she was just her nurse. The mother's oh. nurse. Right. And that Sumi has connected these things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not true. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see who <laughs> Unju really is. <laughs> but Suyan goes into her room crying and plops down onto her bed face first. Someone comes to comfort her, and we see that it's her mother. Suyan buries her head in her lap, and her mother cries as she comforts her daughter. In the hospital. Now, present day, someone whistles in the hallway. This finally breaks Sumi from her spell, and she turns her head and smiles as she says her sister's name. Back at the house, Unju hears the whistling as well, but she is not as happy about it. She looks up from the table fearfully before getting up. The whistling stops, but she hears a door close upstairs. She makes her way down the hall, but when she steps on the wooden boards, they give slightly beneath her weight, and blood oozes out between them. She goes into Suyan's bedroom, which is pitch black with the lights off. Uh, funky old house, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a great visual, but I don't understand why it's here. Um, I mean, just uh, the things that have happened in this house. You know, it's going to break or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's the exact <laughs> ad. <laughs> It's the exact trailer. Skid break or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, no, but I, I, I mean, just <laughs> what's happened in this house, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's metaphorical. Skid break. Yes. All right. <laughs> Unju switches the light on and something disappears behind the curtains in the room. This looks so fucking frightening. It's like, like some, it, yeah. it's very scary. Mm-hmm. She shivers against the freezing cold in the room, her breath turning into clouds in front of her face. Whew, it's cold in here. (laughs) How many times are we going to do the sixth sense? Oh, no, we got to keep it going. Well, there's a lot of sixth sense in this, I think. (laughs) She shudders and holds herself as she makes her way across the room to the curtains ever so slowly. She finally reaches them and pulls them to the side, but there's no one there. Suddenly, the door to the room slams shut. 
The lights go out and the door to the wardrobe creaks as it slowly opens. Unju goes to investigate, opening the other door to the wardrobe and looking inside. She sees a piece of fabric between two pillows, and when she pulls it, something stirs inside. She is frightened and backs away from the wardrobe just as someone begins to slide out from between the pillows. A slime slides down the pillows with her. Unju can do nothing but cower in front of Suyon's dolls, horrified as she is approached. From outside the house, we hear Unju scream. Okay, so when Unju heard the footsteps on the couch mm-hmm. upstairs, yeah, I was like, "Hold the fort." Mm-hmm. But then when she goes up there and she encounters an actual fucking ghost, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> because to me, I think the ghost is a much stronger metaphor for Sue Me. Right. For this to be this haunting her mm-hmm. as opposed to it being, oh, the ghost's real. <laughs> there's also a ghost. Yeah, too. there's a vengeful ghost in the house. Don't, yeah. don't get it twisted. Don't be worried about it. I'm not going to lie. I, don't be worried about it. <laughs> she lives here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, be worried I, about it. <laughs> I, um, I like the idea of a little, a little comeuppance. See, and she, des- yeah. she deserves it, uh-huh. but not in this film. <laughs> not like this. I mean, Tomato, tomato, (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I uh, I think that it is interesting. It really, it's really interesting that they were like, nah, sprinkle that into yeah, you know, put the ghost back. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I'll agree with you that it doesn't 100% gel Mm -hmm. with the rest of the story that's being told. But I'm not exactly mad at it either. I honestly didn't mind it, but I I just. (laughs) I I want a little more ghost. Like I want to know <laughs> if you're more. Gonna have a yeah, ghost. if you're gonna have it here, give me a little more of that. Two. Yeah, two. two okay, no, yeah. yeah, two. See, and the first one was a nightmare again. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think I I think it's that um it's this ending. It's nothing that it's not that it looks bad. It's not no. It you know it just doesn't necessarily fit with um everything with what we had already been given yeah yeah and i mean let me do the next thing real quick okay laying in her bed at the hospital a tear rolls down sumi's face and a small smile spreads across her lips she closes her eyes and is engulfed by a white light as she says suyan's name so watching that i'm like okay maybe she completed that story in her own mind you know maybe that didn't actually happen either and suyan is kind of tying that up to satisfy herself okay but i don't think so i no, think, think you really got got because yeah. it all goes back to me he having seen that ghost if that hadn't happened it if, could be completely ambiguous yes. yeah and i think i'd be more fine with that honestly yeah cut out that with me he's reaction yeah um and then we can still have this and it can be something for her to have closure yeah that's better yeah I did read. I didn't see it for myself, but I I went down a rabbit hole. Um, but I did read that on some DVD release of this film, they had included a, a, a like a special feature of a letter that Sumi wrote Suyan, telling her that she misses her, but that she's happy now and was able to move on mm. because they said that this was so fucking sad that they wanted yeah. to include something uplifting. Yeah. So in my mind, that's what happens okay. after this. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> because we do not see present uh, present day Sumi again. This right. is no, the last right. of her. Back in the flashback, and I will say uh, we've said it a lot on certain films, 
this is very heavy moving forward to the end. So as always, protect your mental health. And if, you know, this last bit isn't where it's at, then we'll see you next time. But Suyan still lays in her bed. Seemingly having fallen asleep, she sits up in her bed and rubs her eyes. The door to her wardrobe across the room opens by itself and she goes over to it. Inside, she finds her mother who has died by suicide. Suyan is heartbroken, understandably. She screams and tries to pull her mother from the closet, but only succeeds in pulling it over onto herself. She screams as it crashes onto the floor. Everyone hears this. Mu Hyun and Sun Q hear it outside. Sumi turns as she's brushing her hair in the image we've seen of her before, and Eun Ju sits at the dining room table looking up to the second floor. Everyone stares in the direction of the sound, but Unju is the only one who goes to investigate, leaving Mihi to clear the plates. Can I just say very quickly the fucking audacity of y'all to have her family here eating while your wife is still upstairs sick? That's... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I want you to meet my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am appalled. Because we're a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> we go together. Yeah. That's... I, I can't fucking no, believe this. That's unbelievable. Honestly, and I hadn't even thought of it. It's just yeah. dawning on me right now. You got a lot of fucking nerve. <laughs> Both of y'all. Unbelievable. That's why Sumi's so pissed. <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. But when... Unju goes to Suyan's room. She sees the dresser has fallen on top of her. Her hand reaches out, desperate for help. Afraid, Unju backs away in the picture of young Suyan, played by Park Seo-in, wearing her green dress, crashes to the floor, shattering the glass. Suyan scratches desperately at the wardrobe, seeing Unju's slippered feet standing in front of it. She watches as Unju's feet backs away and out of the room. So... This is when I'm like, was that a seizure that Mihi experienced? Or was it? Because it's literally Suyan's point of view with the slippers and everything uh -huh. from underneath the wardrobe. Yeah. So it, it's almost more like a possession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Very. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I, her, her wearing the slippers and standing exactly the same way. I was yeah. like, what? But anyway. Unju rushes down the hall, but suddenly thinks better of it and starts to head back. I couldn't believe that she was just leaving. Yeah. I Unless was, she was leaving to get help. Yeah. But why wouldn't you be like, I'll be right back with help. You yeah. know what I mean? She was leaving. She was leaving. Well, she kind of snuck out of the room. I don't know. If just leaving. Well, in all fairness, that's a very traumatic thing to witness. And your brain, who knows what. I guess. It tells you to do. But, you know, she wasn't in too much shock because of what this bitch says okay. in a second. Yeah. yeah. So hold on. Don't give her too much fucking yeah. credit. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just before she can get to Suyan's room, Sumi comes out of hers. She glances towards Suyan's room, but instead of going that way, she sets her sights on Unju. She stares at her with contempt, but Unju asks her if she heard something. Underneath the wardrobe, Suyan's struggles grow weaker. Sumi asks Unju what she's doing up here because her dad isn't up here. Unju laughs and is like, what do you mean? But Sumi tells her that she's trying to act like her mom. She asks Unju to do her a favor and stay out of their lives. She tries to walk past her, but stops and asks her to get out of the way because she has to go. There was more than enough room. There was. Like, mm. you want to fight, which yeah. I get, dude. 
You're fucking my dad, and my mom is right. here and said, "I'm sorry." She, we know what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, we know. But a little decorum is always nice. You don't have to. No, <laughs> she doesn't deserve it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Unju grabs her arm and warns her that she might regret this moment. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. It's the mm. most evil fucking thing. Because she has all this knowledge of exactly what is happening at this moment. Yeah. To grab her arm and basically be like the meme of like, you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I I couldn't believe it. That that's you I sure about that? <laughs> That's why I even even from the beginning when she was talking to them and they seemed kind of like they didn't like speaking with their stepmother. Uh-huh. I was like, something's not right. Period. Something's got to be wrong. For that's your first, or that's the first way we see you guys backing away from her, not wanting to interact with her. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, it could be like, oh, that's just the way the kids are seeing or whatever. But it, but even throughout the movie, it kind of plays that way as well. So seeing this and then her being like, man, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. It's like, oh, all that's, right. It's the most unbelievable. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not in shock. You're not, you no, know, yeah. you were like, oh, I didn't see this. If I don't see this, then it, I have n- it has nothing to do with me. And then you thought better of it for a second and you're like, oh, you're going to be a little bitch. Okay. Think about, remember this. You yeah. know what I mean? Unbelievable. This isn't like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like someone eating your leftovers. No. It's yeah. not, this is to react this way. Unju is a terrible person. You're evil. Yeah. An actual evil human being. Literally. Yeah. And so I get the representation in her, in her mind of this person. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad that ghost ate you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I mean, look, the result is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the method. Yeah. <laughs> but she tells Sumi to keep that in mind about regretting this moment. Sumi roughly pulls her arm out of Unju's grasp and asks her what would be worse than standing here with her. Suyan struggles to breathe beneath the wardrobe, but Sumi isn't done reading Unju for filth. She tells her that when she's here, she wants to be as far away from her as possible. She asks if she gets it now before pushing past her and going downstairs. Suyan's hand scratches at the dresser and flops wildly onto the floor. That imagery that we keep seeing. Yes. Outside, Sumi pushes past her father, who calls her name. The music starts, and she ignores him and keeps walking. She walks out of the gate of the house and into the field before stopping. The music stops, too. Underneath the wardrobe, Suyan weakly asks for help and whispers her sister's name before closing her eyes. A tear rolls down her face, and her hand twitches slightly. Outside, Sumi looks back at the house reflectively for a moment. Unju looks back out at her before going back inside and slamming the door. She was watching her from that balcony that she was staring at when she came back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The music continues and Sumi turns away in slow motion. Everything fades to black and white and we zoom in on her. We see her the day that she came back, but she sits at the dock alone in black and white. Color slowly comes back, starting with her red sweater. The music continues as she sits looking out at the water and the credits roll. So I do want to say very quickly, um, the freeze frame is a little questionable. (laughs) Not questionable. (laughs) But but the last shot of the film is so beautiful. It is. It made me tear up. Yes, because the thing is, is that if I'm not mistaken, you see Sumi there with her legs in the water, but... The shoes are on the side of Su Yan. Yeah. 
because her spirit is there. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you didn't like that? Yeah. I don't like the freeze the frame. Sitcom <laughs> freeze frame. No, I felt it was a little out of place. I I think it was it was more it kind of felt kind of like an anime ending. Like that like it was it's oh, beautiful. I could see that. But it was like the music and then the freeze frame and I was like, okay, well. For me it was almost like she was stuck in that moment. Yeah. Of okay. hesitation between almost going back and Unju having to fucking be there at that moment to be her barrier of going back to the house. Well, it was also kind of like the ending when Homer's mom comes back. That makes me cry too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, just wistfully staring yeah. at, the, yeah. at the sky. Um, but hey, that answers the question of chronology when she's looking yes. up at the window yeah. or the yeah. balcony. Because there was that bit of confusion at the beginning, which mm-hmm. again is sorted through. Because she yeah. ends up back at the hospital. Yeah. So you're wondering which time. And it's like, no, that was before she was released and came home and clearly wasn't ready to come home. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I have to ask. So what did you guys think of A Tale of Two Sisters? I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, it. I don't want to say it took to the second, the second time for me to watch it to notice stuff, but it is one of those movies that you notice more out on rewatches. And I, again, I know I said that I don't like, I don't like having to do that. Um, But I did notice a lot more on this rewatch of it. And I don't feel like any of this was lazy or misplaced or there is there. I mean, I, I will agree. Maybe there's a couple like the ghost thing feels kind (laughs) of added in, but I, I also feel like if you're going to add it, make it work a little bit better you know what i mean or just add a, just a little more element of that in there okay um but i did enjoy the shit out of this movie like i was surprised and like i said i know i said that i wanted the slow burn that would make me be like oh, okay uh and this was almost there this was almost there for me um the beginning was was weird and confusing and the part of the middle where it was kind of like what the fuck uh but then the rest of it was just like what the fuck but then that you know uh the the ending it was it's it's very sad i will say that mm-hmm. the movie is very sad i definitely appreciate this movie a lot i think the biggest takeaway is the rewatch value mm-hmm. and the craft at hand here with everything working so well together yeah because you watch it on this second watch and you see everything that they've been trying to tell you from the beginning. Yep. And it's very impressive to have a twist that, well, to have twists, (laughs) plural, plural twists. Many. Many twists. Uh, It's like when I do my hair, there's a lot of twists. Uh, That give you this ability to go back and see so much. And I guarantee you watch it a third time, you saw something you didn't pick up the second time. For sure. So it's just very impressive in that way. Um, Very, very skilled filmmaking not lazy no i I wouldn't say that it's so surprising to me and i'm never gonna forget that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna harp on it forever he was so unbothered yeah like no i'd be in tears yeah Yeah, i'm in tears for you (laughs) um but no i I really enjoyed this movie i think that the thing for it for me is that extra addition and it's not even just that they decided to add a supernatural element Mm -hmm. because you can have that and still have it play into everything going on with her Mm mm-hmm because if you present it in such a way that it is that metaphor, it feels more in line with everything we've seen already. Right. But to have it be like, no, that's actually a ghost in this house. Yeah. That's <laughs> surprising. There's some ghosts in this house. <laughs> right. 
certified eat, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm scared. <laughs> but I mean, I guess you would have ghosts in the house. Yeah. Right? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> if any house has ghosts, it's that house, house has ghosts. Eek. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, why wouldn't you play in a little more to that? And you could. And I think that that's the thing is that if this were a different film that leaned more into the supernatural, that might not be satisfying either. Yeah, no, you're right. I feel like he it was if you're going to include it at all, there's such a tight rope to walk because there's already so much confusion going on just with what's going on with Sue Me. Yes. Yeah. So then I could see maybe using it as misdirection, but then there was never any ghost at all. But, you know, <laughs> that works better for me. There is a ghost. Yeah. There's two ghosts. Yeah. Yes. Possibly two. And they're capable of murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's well, only the person that deserved it. Yeah. But it's still a murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't change the act. It's called revenge. <laughs> no, but I love this. I feel like I gain a little bit more and I appreciate it a little bit more every time that I watch it. Um, and I realize just, oh, my God, the amount of forethought that went into this it, it is just staggering like mm-hmm. you i think t had said it at the beginning everything means something yes yeah everything um there are a couple things that i am still a little confused about but overall it is it's so it's such a sad story <laughs> like yeah. i don't know it, it's it's so fucking sad um i do like to believe what i read about her kind of continuing with her life because she deserves it you know Mm -hmm. all of this comes from a place of such tremendous guilt and it's just so sad Mm -hmm. you know um but god damn unju oh my god i fucking oh my god (laughs) i made me so angry were you about to say i hate you i I heard you stop yourself i did oh i just hate her so much um but we can kind of go into ratings uh, I will agree with you that the the my one my only issue with the ghost thing was the fact that Mihi saw it. Yes, but I will say I really love that moment of payoff when she tells her husband in the car because it is so scary. Yeah. It is. So I don't know. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I I guess I agree that it would have been nice if that were left a little more ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God, I loved seeing her get her fucking shit brought to her oh yeah um i just everything about this the the colors the music uh the acting yeah everything and and like you said the rewatchability the fact that i could watch this for the first time a second time and a third time and kind of have a completely different perspective every time that i watch it Mm -hmm. it's uh it's the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) um some of those gifts are tears. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Because this is this is a tragedy. It yeah. absolutely, and it, it's incredibly emotional, and it's to me executed so well mm. that you're just like, fuck, dude. Like, why? I mean, like, I'm sad as fuck right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you gotta appreciate a film that is gonna make you feel something, you know. And this one definitely does. I don't know what it is about these South Korean horror films. But they just do it for me. Like mm-hmm. so far, everyone that I've seen, it is just knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Um, but to sum it all up, <laughs> I feel like I've talked enough. <laughs> On a scale from one to ten wicked wardrobes, 
I am going to give A Tale of Two Sisters nine out of ten wicked wardrobes. Um, if I would have had a little more time to watch this a couple more times, it might be a ten. <laughs> I mean, it was every time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my god! I mean, I'm just I'm blown away by it. It's yeah. spectacular. Watch it. Get your shit rocked and your mind blown. It is. It's great. But I will now open up the floor to you. Uh, I know I said it a few times earlier and I about the slow burn thing, but I did enjoy this movie. And there was actual times when I was sitting there and like you said, uh, T earlier about holding your breath. Uh, Not like like I wouldn't say fully, but you know what I mean? Like I was invested. I know I was invested. Yeah. Um, It did. It is. It isn't easy. And I know it sounds whatever and I'm not, you know, but it, it, it isn't easy because we, for me to get unnerved by movies or things that happen on there because we watch so much horror, we consume so much media of shit happening or pranks or whatever, or TV shows or, you know what I mean? Just constant yeah. shit going on. Yeah. But I did when, and I knew too, when she was reaching for the clip and the hand came out from under the sink. I knew the fucking hand was going to come out, but it still <laughs> did give me a tiny like, hey, that got you. In I know, nipple. yeah. All in right. the nipple, yeah. <laughs> it radiated through the body. Uh, but it, 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 that in itself, I was like, I can't not count that. Mm-hmm. I can't sit there and underplay the fact that that did even the tiniest, you know what I mean? sense of being nervous Mm -hmm. it got me so if you can do that then i'm gonna give you your props where they are Mm -hmm. because again slow burns are not my thing and that's the only thing i will say about this movie for me and it's not the slow burn it's the sadness of it Mm -hmm. it is very sad and i mentioned it when we covered seven it's bleak you know what i mean and some this movie for me almost is on that line of being too sad and it's like, man, I don't want to be crying the whole time. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> no, it's be devastating. A- yeah, be angry at what's happening on the screen the whole time because it is such a good and engrossing story. And I want to see more and I want to know what's going on. I'm invested in these characters. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I feel shitty or I'm, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because the story, you feel bad or what, you know, for these people and the characters. And it's like, damn. Uh, but that's about it. Other than that, I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I'd recommend anyone to watch it. Uh, for people to, for well, not people, for the critic or whoever said that. Um, and no disrespect, but lazy. I didn't see lazy in mm-hmm. this. No, uh, I didn't. I don't get lazy out of this at all. Uh, I did enjoy this. Like I said, one more time, I'd recommend anyone to watch it. Uh, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I can see it either way. I get it. It's an uh, experience. Yeah. Either. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, but for me, on a scale of one to ten, wicked wardrobes, I'm gonna give a tale of two sisters an eight. I did enjoy this movie, and like I said, I'll give it where it deserves. You know what I mean? Because it did give unnerve me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even that small bit, I was like, that that's what I was looking for because we don't get that a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then being able to f- see a movie or have a experience watching a movie, give you that even if the smallest as it is, you still felt that. Yes. So I was like, okay, I was like, all right, I can dig it. I can, I can get with it. Um, I think I agree with both of you completely. My thing that I have to call out for the biggest positive 
is the thoughtful marriage of set design, mm-hmm. costuming, the writing, direction, cinematography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the way that they are able to convey the relationships between these characters, the father is basically all gray all the time. Yep. Yeah. Because he does not, he is a non-issue in yep. this story. Yeah. He's it's not affiliated at yeah. all. And so you never see him in any of these colors, mm. any red, any blue, mm-hmm. any of it. And his hair matches his shirt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, just that small attention to detail to be like, look, he's here, but he's not what we're focused on. Yep. Yeah. You know, and um, people blending into the wallpaper, um, people wearing red at certain times, people wearing more red at certain times, mm-hmm. people changing into red. It's like, this is very thoughtful. Yeah. And it's very, very smart filmmaking, a way to go back and really discover things. Mm-hmm. But um, no, all those amazing and performances need to be called out as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I know you did when you gave your rating, but watching it like there are moments that are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But the negatives, it's just it's just the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, <laughs> look, I love, I love a haunted house picture. Yeah. I love pictures that have ghosts in them, um, pictures that should have ghosts in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know what those are. But um, what I'm trying to say is that if there is a ghost in this house, that's fine. But it works way better as a metaphor for Sumi. Right. Than, yeah. You know, and that I can't disagree with you. That moment is great mm-hmm. when her head is bent back and she's staring under the Ooh. sink. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And then even just the moment of coldness and calmness in the car to say, I saw something in the yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. That's I terrifying. Loved, I yeah. loved that. But does it fit this film? Yeah, I was going to say, but I, I understand because that's not what we've been given so far. No. At all. And I understand the nightmare. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Even if it wasn't a nightmare for Sumi, it still makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's me, he seeing it. Yeah. That's that's the that's the only issue. Yeah. yeah. Even Unju seeing it later. Yeah. That's fine too mm-hmm. with what we learn. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and I, I I hope that it works for people and I'm excited that it does. But for me it was just a it was it was one twist too many. Okay. For Unju to be actually murdered by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but for me, out of 10 Wicked Wardrobes, I am going to give A Tale of Two Sisters an eight as well. Okay. It's just that ghost. If we... You <laughs> <laughs> lost two points for a Well, ghost. yeah. <laughs> if we, well, there were two ghosts. If we could start out... <laughs> For we each ghost. Out the ghost, yeah. <laughs> for, for each scene we see a ghost, I shall take. <laughs> the man's nothing if he's not there. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate A Tale of Two Sisters and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Be sure to use discount code Mortem5 at CreepyCrate.store for $5 off your first order. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, when given the choice, always choose love over hate. Letting your disdain for one person overshadow your love for another could lead to a lifetime of regret. Until next time.
Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We I got think there. we switch every yeah. week. <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhard, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Alicia Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rutter, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Hagetta, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Megan M, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Cody Graves, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanavan, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, Cameron S, Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A, Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E, Maggie H, Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, Kevin McGonigal, Kristen Marcy, and Ori81 Bariqua. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say how much we love you and appreciate you, but that wouldn't be much of a twist. Uh, you know? Yeah, too many twists. Yeah. There's so many twists. <laughs> one too many. Well, you know, that's why I didn't add another one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Until next time.